Welcome to episode 508 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast featuring me, Gemma. And me, Michael. Hello. And also Abby the Cat, who is decided. Abby, yeah, she's to lay just sitting next right to next to the microphone and at the moment. Purr. So, um, yeah, she may, she may be chipping in with a few purrs and meows as the evening goes on. Gemma, which episodes of Coronation Street are we talking about? This week. We're talking about the episodes broadcast in the UK between the 31st of January and the 2nd of February. Those are episodes 10,550 to 10,555. Yes, we had a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday car this week, didn't we? We're still recording on the Friday because it's been a another very, very, very busy week. <laughs> we wanted to get it recorded yesterday, we just couldn't. So it's Friday night, we're still sitting on the bed with Kat talking about Coronation Street. And um, we'll just see how it goes. Um, this isn't the only time we talked about Coronation Street this week. We have done a Patreon podcast this week, haven't we? Was that this week? I don't know. I think anymore. I've lost all track no, of time. It, is, it wasn't. I think we've it got... was last week. Was it? I don't know. No, I think it was this week. Was I think it was it? this week we did our latest Patreon podcast. It was, because it, it was the 31st of January that we did it. We counted down our top five Barlows. Ooh, controversial. And then we mm. also even more importantly, did our Bobbins Awards this week as well on Tuesday night. I hope everybody who's had a chance to listen to that has enjoyed it. I don't know that we've had any feedback about that yet, so I guess that means everybody agrees. No acceptance speeches either yet, but Mm. we'll we'll, we'll give them time. Um, I have also been on Radio Essex this week. Yes, that's right. On Saturday morning, wasn't it? Um, Alex from Wolford Weekly Podcast and I were talking to um, the host of Radio Essex about Coronation Street going... Um, an hour a week and going head to head with EastEnders and everything so that was quite fun we had to talk about you know what the well it was basically just a rehash of the discussion that me and you had on the uh, previous night's podcast wasn't it that was quite cool getting the word of conversation street at Wolford Weekly out there to the uh, the Essex Massive I guess that's right yeah was it Essex? You say Exeter. you say it was. No, it was next year Essex I think it was Essex hello all our new Essex listeners we love you Gemma guess what what I was on the radio today. What? Yeah. Were you? Yeah. I haven't told you. I was waiting. (laughs) Since when? Not for Conversation Street. Oh, I'm not interested. No, really. What were you doing on the radio? Um, I had a journalist contact me because of my pudding. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have entered the um, Fortnum & Mason Jubilee Pudding Competition because... I was worried that my middle class status was in danger. <laughs> so I immediately jumped on the opportunity after having um, also entered the marmalade competition <laughs> to enter the platinum pudding All competition. All our anti-monarchist listeners are just switching off right now. Sorry, they? everybody. Um, and I put my picture of my pudding on Twitter <laughs> and I had somebody from um, Capital Radio and Heart Radio contact me and what, two radio stations contact, it's, it's gonna you? be no it's, um, <gasps> was it emma bunton she's on heart radio i don't know i don't know <laughs> well it was um a lady who i spoke to but i think they might put someone else's voice in between i don't know they're, they're, it was a pre-recorded interview and they're going to be putting it out next week that's so cool yeah do they do lots of other people um they i saw they asked another person but i don't know if they said yes or no why did you t- why did you leave it and turn that out to tell me just to get my live exciting. raw reaction? Because I thought it would be exciting to mention it. Oh, I'm looking forward to listening to that. Yeah. Did you get a, like a little name drop for conversation? No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Wait, wait, I, I didn't even get to mention what my Twitter handle was. Oh. oh well. Well, that's still pretty cool. 
<laughs> I wonder how they found you. Amazing. Okay. They looked at the hashtag. Oh, yeah, but yeah, but they must have looked at yours and thought that looks like a good pudding. I think it might be because I was based in on the South Coast and it, they are South Coast radio stations. Yeah, but I'd have thought there's quite a few South Coast people that are interested in making puddings for the Queen. since she's a bit of a southerner herself. <laughs> I don't think she is. I think <laughs> she's a, a global citizen, isn't she? <laughs> right. Well, that's cool. Thank um, you. Congratulations. We've both been on the radio this week. Yes. Surprised we get any voice left for this, but we do because we must have a quiz. Gemma, have you got a quiz for me, please, as per podcasting tradition? I do. Good. Things that happen between Goodness the 33rd, 33rd, 31st of January and the 4th of February, and years ending in a 2 and a 7, and I source the information for this quiz from coronationstreet.fandom.com. And I'll give you the first question, which is, on the 31st of January, 1977, Hilda tells Stan she wants to move, putting their constant down luck constant bad luck mm. down to which factor um that they live at number 13 correct yeah uh, uh, is this around about when they changed the, the hang house hang on okay okay 31st of january 1962 dennis borrows in inverted commas five pounds from elsie to put a bet on which dog i do not know you probably do a dog in 1962 i do um, I know that if I tell you the answer, you go, oh, yeah. And then that, you'll expect credit. In, uh, was, that, was that Harry Hewitt's dog? Was, it the was, Hewitt? that, was that the name of the dog? Um, I can't remember. Go on. Lucky Lolita. Okay. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah. Was that Harry Hewitt's dog? I don't, I don't know. know, says Gemma. My brain is not connected to <laughs> coronationstreet.fandom.com. Should be. Not not yet. Just wait. Just imagine when we have all our chips put in our brains and everything and we literally will be able to talk about anything Coronation Street, but all the listeners will be going, yeah, we know we're also yeah, we know. connected so to what? it. <laughs> Go on. 1st of February, 2017. What brilliant idea for a product does Sally give to Jenny when the latter feels she needs to prove herself against claims she can't run the factory? Oh, is it like a maternity bra, I think? It was some kind of bra, wasn't it? It wasn't a sports bra. Mastectomy bra. Mastectomy bra. <laughs> I don't understand those things. Was, no, I was sitting there was... thinking, you're so dumb and, and you're such a man. It's all the same thing. Maternity. Over the shoulder boulder holders. Mastectomy, whatever. <laughs> 2nd of February, 1977. How do the Ogdens try to rectify their run of bad luck? By changing the house number to 13A. No. Incorrect. 14, 13B, 12A, no, 12A. I'm going to half because you said the wrong number. Oh, which one was it? 12A. Oh, I got there in the end. Uh, 2nd of February, 1987. Why doesn't Brian want to visit Gail and Sarah in the hospital after Sarah is born? Because he thinks that it's his brother's cousin's baby. <laughs> his brother's Latimer. cousin's baby. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't think Sarah's his, his child. 3rd of February, 2017. What revelation leads Leanne to flip out at Toya? 2017. That she's... No. Yeah, that she's going out with Peter. She's sleeping with her ex-husband, Peter Not just going out with him. They're not just stepping out and courting. No, bonking around. (laughs) Uh, Playing hide the courgette. Stuff the marrow. 4th of (laughs) February, 2002. How and where does Dougie Ferguson die? He falls off in the Ryden's flats and he's leaning over a banister and it's a bit wobbly and he falls to his doom yeah well done thanks 
One, two, three, four, five and a half. It's really funny watching Dougie Ferguson's first episodes on Classic Coronation Street on ITV3 because his first episode, he's a massive ass. He was like a really, really unsympathetic guy. He kind of comes to the street because, you know, his son Tom's working as a hairdresser there. And he was really, really awful and like, uh, and, and vile. And, and then he kind of went away from it. And now he's come back and he's just a bit of a hard businessman. But by the by the end of it, he seemed like he was like he a was decent like a, chap, yeah. wasn't he? He had a bit of a character transplanted, Dougie. Do you reckon it's like perhaps um, a piece of Coronation Street wisdom that you can't judge a character from like the first six months of them being on the show? Yeah, well, sometimes it does take them a little while to, to get into their stride, doesn't it's it? It's very noticeable when, it, when somebody comes in and they immediately know what their character... Like Eileen, we were talking about Eileen mm. and about how she was just instantly Eileen. Like she, It's like she'd travelled back in time. Yeah. Current... And said, this is how you do it. Yeah, and gone, yeah, this is exactly how she's going to be for the yeah. rest of uh, the time I'm playing her. That'd be interesting to, like, have a discussion about or something one time, like, characters who have changed the most or the least since oh, they first so came hard. into the programme. Yeah, I know it would, because, like, it's really... Unless you go it's back nebulous, and watch the original like, episode, sometimes you just can't tell. It's like if you go back... Like, I remember, because I was, I was a big... Sorry, I was doing a little bit. Yeah, all right. Um, I remember, like, it's like how characters voices change like in in cartoons or whatever like if you watch the first series of the simpsons all oh, their yeah, voices yeah. are really different especially homer and futurama is massive one like the professor and bender on futurama sound really quite different at the beginning but you completely forget that's what they ever sound like <laughs> and you never notice the transition but yeah I, I don't know that might be interesting to do one day perhaps perhaps um so that's it anything no, else to add to the oh yes birthdays 7th of february Stuart wolfenden who played mark casey 8th February, Glenn Hugel, who played Alan McKenna. 9th February, Barbie Young, who was Doreen Fenwick. And Alan Rothwell, who was David Barlow. Oh, love him. 11th of February, Brian Caprin, who played Richard Hillman. Sarkar, who played Alia Nazir, plays Alia. And Georgia Mayfoot, who played Katie Armstrong. How lovely. That guy who played um, Mark Casey also played uh, Jackson Hodges, Dad, remember? A couple of years ago, Jackson remember? Hodge, Hodges. Yeah, exactly. Right, we're done. Are we going to... Uh, are we going to... Should we finish now or talk about this week's Coronation Street, what do you reckon? I think if we call it a day, just go, ooh, a uh, bit dicey, wasn't it? bit dicey. Max got pushed down the stairs. and That was and the highlight of the year so No, far. I think we should give oh. it... I think people didn't actually... I don't know whether I might be wrong here. I don't think people tune into this to hear me do semi-well, semi-badly on a quiz and talk about puddings and things. So I think, should we get on to the main <laughs> event, which yeah. is Street Talk? So it was. Yeah, I thought it was a funny old week on Street uh, on Coronation Street this week. Sorry, Street of Time and all that. Um, it was like an awful lot of this week's um, stories revolved around Daniel and Max, didn't they? And I think that's going to take quite a large chunk of this week's Street Talk. So um, I've called this story Max Impact. That's, nice. That's a thing, isn't it? Then we've got a return to the Nina Wright State storyline because Nina is certainly um, going around the twist at the moment, isn't she? She's going a little bit nutty. And um, but I wouldn't say that that was a Big old storyline for the week, but I still put it as number two. We've got the continuing adventures of Starsky and Crutch next at number three, and then a return to our Audi No Visual storyline, which is about Audrey. Well, it used to be about her having cataracts, and now it's about that she's a massive lush, isn't it? I haven't changed the storyline title for that. Um, well, speaking of storyline, I just well, gave you up. You can drink yourself blind, can't you? Maybe that's what's caused it. Yeah. Um, and and after that, and even even that Audrey storyline was 
you know, barely made a blip on this week's Cory, but then we had some other stories. There was Kelly got up to some stuff. We had the conclusion for now of the Tim's tricky ticker. There was a couple of scenes to do with Hope and a couple of Bernie and Deb things. So they really just was trying to cram in as many storylines as they could this week, but not particularly give any of them apart from maybe the Max one and the Nina one any any big time. Um, but anyway, do you, do you want to talk about Max down the stairs? Yeah, I'll go do on. it. On Monday, David reminds Max he's got to go to this consent workshop, which um, is all the rage. Um, but It's not really. We had about, what, three people turning up to it? It's because, it's because of that square Daniel Osborne that's teaching it, isn't it? He he seems to just be single-handedly running the school. But I'm just confused this week about what on earth he's doing because I thought that he was a qualified teacher at this point. And the way that they've been treating him on the show, he is. But Mrs but Crawshaw not. was definitely saying this week, oh, I'd like to give you... Uh, we'd like to employ you on a full-time basis because you're so awesome when you finish your training. It's like, I don't get what's going on. Well, he also said about he he... He wants to, wasn't it something to do with, I've got to do some more training or I've got to do some less training? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> got to do less training because I'm far too overqualified like, for this. They're like, you've, you've got so many <laughs> extracurricular things. No, it's like, well, he does. That's the other thing as well. So if he's if he's not a real teacher, why on earth is he being burdened with the school choir at Christmas, the consent workshop? Um, what's the other thing that he was doing? I'm sure he's been given something else to do. I don't remember. Oh, the ice ball. Oh, yeah, the organising the ice ball. I think he's just like, they're, they're, yeah, they're obviously, where the high have employed him, and like, whatever, he's that desperate, he's give him so anything dumb. to do, like him serving to, up the dinners yeah, next. Yeah, him to do something, he just does it. <laughs> and yet he like. still has time to get away from school during daylight hours, have a couple of swift halves in the pub, maybe do a little bit of Mark in there. I, 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 I don't know Michael, whether this is strictly he, accurate. He's making you look bad. He is a little like bit. It. He is a little bit. Because it was about a year ago that it was first mentioned that Daniel was doing his PGCE as well, wasn't it? I think we can just say they work differently in, in Weatherfield. They're all, they've got their own system. But sorry, I, I interrupt. I'm not going to criticise any more Coronation Street's portrayal of teachers or student teachers for now. Anyway... Um, Max can't be bothered because he also wants to go to the AV club, which has been scheduled at the same time. Because I, <laughs> I reckon whoever's in charge. Look, I don't know if the cat's licking herself right next to the microphone. That's right. Just I don't know whoever's in charge of like um, organising this, but scheduling it. They must have been like those nerds don't need to go to consent club. Still yeah. at the same time well, as AV Club. Yeah, at the same time as these people are being taught what... how to use cameras, some other people are saying don't use cameras no, to look like, at girls' skirts. They wouldn't know what to do with a woman. <laughs> That's... That's very... I'm sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> I had to say it. I didn't even know that AV Clubs are even a thing in this country. That's, that smacks of being very American. I also I thought AV does sound very American. And also, isn't it called like media... Right, Lydia gives Daniel a, you've written a lady book. I didn't know what it was. Did you know Vindication what it was? Vindication of the Rights of Women by um what's her name? Well Wallstonecraft. Uh, maybe. She she was the mother of um Mary Shelley, you know, who, who wrote oh, yeah, you t- oh yeah, that's right, you told me that the other day. So what is this lady book about? It's like the original feminist text. I hate you so much. It's like the foundation of 
modern feminist thought. It was like one of the most essential texts. Okay, so Lydia is a raging feminist. There is a copy of that somewhere in this house, along with the Communist Manifesto, which is also (laughs) part of my, well, my, uh, what's it word, required reading as an English literature student, along with, what's it, Bloody Tristram Shandy, which I burned as soon as I (laughs) had no longer need of it, because it's a load of crap. Anyway, um, yeah, so she's, she's, um, Lydia is just establishing herself as a slam poetry. Yeah, she's, she's well-educated is what they're trying to get across out there. Well-educated, rampant feminist, um, perfect woman for Daniel. Well, well, that's what that's what she thinks anyway. But um, Daisy's also there having a bit of a look and is a... Well, Daisy's like, oh, how boring. Yes. Um, and then she says that Daniel needs to be a bit more relevant to the kids and do something about me too. Hmm. Hashtag me too. Uh, Max sheepishly shows up at Daniel's consent class after he gets forced to. Yeah, and then he was like the third person to show up at that point. So uh, Daniel's like, right, I think I think that's all we're gonna get. Let's let's start the class. Don't look up ladies' skirts with your camera. Class dismissed. I wonder what it was. Um, very interested to know what consent. I mean, surely they know. I don't understand. I've, uh, yeah, I, uh, don't I, do anything. What was it? That quote from the office. Don't do anything to anyone for any reason at any time, <laughs> no matter what, no matter what you think or why. Never, ever, ever, ever do anything to anybody think, yes. ever unless you ask them first and get it in writing. Hmm. Um, anyway, Daniel gets the class started after the lesson. Max says. Um, well, I had to come because I've got a personal stake in all this. And Daniel's like, ah, because of the rape. No, he doesn't quite <laughs> no, I say I know he that. doesn't. He says, oh, yes, because of David. And then Max says, what? And then for some reason, Daniel doesn't go, because your dad told you to come. He says, oh, um, I guess um, I guess you don't know why. <laughs> uh, uh, never mind. Pretend I didn't say anything. <laughs> um, we also get some at Ardy and Asher meeting up at Billy's flat, talking about how they don't really think that this consent workshop is enough and it's just the bare minimum Mm. um back at home max says to david um it was a bit boring but we had this weird conversation um and and daniel said something about a personal stake and i don't know what he was talking about what does he mean and dave was like "Uh uh-oh time for a heart to heart well he tries to change the subject and get the tea ready but max keeps digging for details and then (laughs) shana comes home and realizes what the, the problem is and I was kind of hoping I was banking on showing again oh David are you mean are you telling him about the when you were raped whoops I'm not supposed to oh, say that oh dear have I done something wrong again oh silly Shona luckily Shona has, has moved away from that well I don't know Max storms off and he knows because he knows there's something that they are hiding from him so alone with David later um, Shona says you've got nothing to be ashamed of you should tell Max about the assault but he doesn't want to and he says I don't want Max to see him as a victim I want to be strong and then he says something like oh it's alright for it's, diff- it's alright for women it's different for men which I guess it is different but it's by no means easy to be a victim of sexual assault if you're a woman no uh, that was a bit annoying but it's definitely a different perspective and how people react to you will definitely change mm. depending on what sex you are. So Shona says, look, we are in a soap. It's going to come out sooner or later. <laughs> you should probably tell him yourself. So later on, we get the scene. David telling Max everything about what happened with him and Josh, about how he thought they were friends. They went out drinking. They came back to the to a flat and he slipped something in his drink and raped him. He yeah, no, about- it was... 
He, he th- This was Tuesday. On Monday, he just says it was a friend, I think. I think it's the next episode when right, it all right. comes out. But yeah. he, he gives enough details. And I thought well, we, both of these days that it w- went across, the, the scenes were done very, very well. Yeah. I think that both Paddy and Jack did a, a good and a, a, a decent job at um, portraying the sensitivity of it. And whereas up until this point, Max, in his new guise, has been a, a total um, scrote, as we've described him many times on the podcast before, he was actually, I kind of, kind of felt for him a little bit. Well, yeah, David's saying about how difficult it was and he wouldn't have made it without Shona. He doesn't say he contemplated suicide, but I guess you could infer... Yeah, that maybe. I'm well, no, no, sure. that that was he certainly did at the time, didn't he? Because, I know he did, yeah. but I don't know if you would, you know, when I'm so sorry, God, I don't know how I'd, I'd get through it without you. You don't necessarily mean because I really think I might just kill myself. Yeah, because this, this when that happened, that was at the same time as Aiden took his life. Wasn't That's what it? I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, um, it's very hard for Max to understand and take it in, but he's sensible about it. And he's actually really decent. Yeah, and he says, "I, you know, I understand why you haven't told me about it." Yeah, and but David obviously... was like, oh, I was just waiting for you to get recast. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I Harry McDermott. A bit too young. Yeah, yeah. Now you've suddenly grown up. Yeah. Yeah. No, he he was, it was obviously something that would have been very, very difficult for Max to process. And you could tell that, I think that, again, Paddy did a good job of showing that he didn't immediately kind of fly off the handle or anything. He, he, he looked like he was having to think and take it all in. And... It does make me think about how differently he would have processed the information, perhaps, if he hadn't had this workshop. Did yeah. it equip him with some kind of knowledge or perspective that he wouldn't have had? Because the thing is about Max is that he is... I would say he's like an average lad, isn't he? I don't know how well most lads would take this this news. Because, you know, Max... Um, David is right that it's different for blokes mm. and it would be difficult for a for a boy to learn that I guess about his dad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether the consent workshop made any difference. I mean, we we were led to believe up until this point that Max didn't really think it was anything to do with him as in like he knows he knows about um he knows about upskirting is wrong but because I'm not the one doing it, it's all okay. And yeah, so it could have changed his, his mind, I guess. Uh, um, so David then has a go at Daniel about bringing up, even mentioning anything and making Max suspicious. Um, and then he also, Max overhears David later talking to Shona and saying, oh gosh, I wish it hadn't come out like this. I didn't really want to, I didn't really want to talk about it now. I don't know, what what was he saving it for? Max is like... Uh, Wedding, eighteenth birthday. No, I mean to be fair, he is still really young, isn't he? And I don't. When is How the right is age? He what fifteen maybe? But also equally, that, that's that's young. Why do you need? You don't ever need to really say say this. I don't. I don't know. What do you mean? Do you ever really need to sit your kid down and go? Guess what? Oh, yeah, I mean, but but it's one of those things that if he didn't, and as as Shona says, we are in a soap. It'll these sort of, sort of things have um a tendency to come out. He, it would come out yeah. and. He would. I don't know how he would react then. Would he? Would he have a go at David? Why didn't you tell me? But it, I, I guess it is. David isn't obliged to tell him. It is very something very very personal. And there's probably things that. Well, there's probably tons of stuff that parents keep from their children. Definitely. What what, what murky past did uh, did our parents have? I wonder. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> 
On Tuesday, early morning scene for Max and David. Um, he's very impressed about how Max has been quite mature. Max says, this is when he asks him, was it Josh? And then he tells him about what actually happened, uh, which is what I said earlier. Mm. Um, and Max says, I'm glad I know, but I wish that you could have told me when you won- when you were ready. Um, and he looks very thoughtful and everything. Yeah, he's like it... a, being a bit of a sponge, isn't he? Yeah, I, I just, I just really appreciated that Max's kind of considerate response to all of this, and he of... felt so bad for his dad. Can I just say, I, I, yeah, I get it, but I also am really mad um, at Max and at the fact that you know when he gets this picture of somebody's skirt, he doesn't care, but then if you tell him, oh, this is Summer's pants, suddenly it's relevant to him. Like, he thought all of this was like, oh, he cares about that. It's not relevant to me. Then he finds out that it's happened to his dad and suddenly he actually cares. Mm. Just kind of annoys me. Well, I think in lots of kind of serious situations, you think, oh, it could never happen to me. And then it does. You know? Yeah. I just think (laughs) that it's a really, it's a very, really pervasive attitude Mm. that probably, what's the word, contributes to how it's not taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe this generation of kids, they're going to save the planet from sexual assault. Maybe. Um, All thanks to Daniel I'd rather it was climate change that they were. What's going on? Why is that beeping away? Sorry. It's the cat. So, at school, Daniel apologises to Max and he says, well, I accept your apology, but then he gives him a glare. Um, and he glares at him again in the pub. And then back in the shop... Um, Dev is uh, been oh yeah Dev Dev is caught up with having an argument with Gemma about him and Bernie. So while they're distracted, he like he does this really elaborate kind of throw something over the top of the keys. Nobody's noticed. Grab the keys. Nobody's noticed. Walk out jangling the keys. It was kind of obvious. Yeah, he was basically going la la la. Look what I've got. And Dev's just yeah, he's too too. And interestingly, nobody's worked this out yet, which is quite. uh, We'll see what happens with that. Yeah. So he then. Uh, what difference does it make though about whether he, you know, did, whether he got the keys to let himself in or whether he broke in? Huh? Matt, are you talking about Max? Nobody's worked out yet that Max is. I don't know. Uh. I don't know what difference it really makes, but um, he then psychs himself up, and without consent breaks into, <laughs> <laughs> gets into Daniel's flat and starts smashing it all up. Now there's a metaphor if I've already heard one. Yeah. Uh, a nice smashing up scene. Breaking I haven't had a, a, a flat trashing for a little while. I can't remember. And he, he does the old Imran table flip as yeah. well, doesn't he? Yeah. I remember he did that Painted, a few years that ago. That was definitely. Yeah. Nobody had done it before Charlie Dumelo flipped a table. Uh, but when he was doing but nobody it, had done it quite the same way. <laughs> when he was doing it, I was thinking, oh, you're going to break something of Sinead's, aren't you? Or you're going to... Yeah, the yeah. laptop with all the videos on. and accidentally never eject be able to the recover USB it. stick. Yeah, yeah without, without no. safely removing it. <laughs> Another issue of consent. Yes. So, um, although I mean, I, I, they, they did have another um, unsafely ejected USB stick in the Maria did, story this yeah. week, didn't they? I didn't even yeah. realise people when, used when USB sticks anymore. That, I thought it was all in the cloud. I was thinking, oh, she's gonna lose all her files, but apparently, it's fine. Yeah. They're just yeah, trying so, to scare you when the little window pops up, saying, "Next time, you really, really should safely well, eject." Well, like, you it. know, I ruined my hard drive, don't you? So it does happen. Mm. Anyway. He runs around flicking things all over the place and spilling stuff and burnt, I don't know, what does he do? Just flips stuff about and 
knock stuff over. Yeah, basically. Having a right old laugh. It must be fun, but it must also be quite nerve-wracking to film those scenes, because you can't really do it again, can you? I know, I know you can't. Because who's going to come and set it all back up again? Who's in charge of the continuity? Oh no, put that book down, that was in a different place. <laughs> no, you're supposed to flip over the bookcase and then the table, not the table and the bookcase. Oh, we have to go right back to the it. beginning again, Max. So... Meanwhile, Daniel is enjoying being in the pub with Lydia, but he's got to go and do marking. Oh, being a teacher is such a drag, isn't Especially it, Michael? an English teacher, you've got so it's much marking to do. such an impact on your social life. <laughs> Daniel gets back to his flat and finds it's a bit of a mess, trying to remember, did I do this? Or, it's on <laughs> a bit on. of a bender. I don't normally have the table upside down, so <laughs> I think it was broken in. <gasps> and Max is still there. You. Max is still lurking in the darkness, and so Daniel confronts him. And then he realises that he's broken the pottery handprint thing off Sinead. <laughs> and um, is this like when you have your 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 pet put down and the vet says, do you want a paw print? And you go, that's macabre. Do you think they do that in the morgue with, with oh, a... I don't know. Maybe. It's like, do you want a handprint? Or we could just give you the whole hand. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine? If, if, if Daniel had that, he'd have got old, um, what's her face... Um, Prozzy, what was her name? Sex worker. You oh. just said, look, can you hold this and stroke my beard oh. with it? <laughs> can you just kind of fondle me with Sinead's hand? Oh. Don't worry, it's been on ice. Oh, like a monkey's paw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so let's pretend we didn't say that. Everyone erase that from your mind. He 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 gets really cross when he sees that he's broken Sinead's handprint. And <laughs> man handles Max out of the flat. And they get to the foot of the stairs and he kind of shoves him and then Max falls over his, Daniel's bag, which is on the landing. And then um, Max tumbles down the stairs and falls down and I just lays this. there. Did you have any idea this was going to happen this week? No. I, I, had, had, I had no inkling that any of this was going on. And when it was, it was like, a, whoa! And it's not, I mean, uh, you know, I've been a bit, bit down on Corey recently, but um, I thought that I thought it was a really great surprise. And we, we, we did... We what we re back to that scene after the episode, yep. weren't we? Because Daniel was so insistent that he didn't push him, and we were like, "Did he? Did you?" No, I knew did he did. Well, I thought well, maybe I, I remembered remember, it wrong. I couldn't remember how it happened. Like, was it a fight that then he fell and went down? But actually, he did. He, shove did, him. he just he really was like, shoved him. Eh, wasn't he? And he and Max was facing away from him, so it's even more unforgivable, isn't it? I know because it's like shooting somebody in the back. <laughs> I mean, what did he think was going to happen? Yes, the bag was there for him well, to I think trip he was, over. I, but... No, he, the bag was there, but Daniel didn't know the bag was there. And he was trying to get Max out of his flat. So if, if somebody's... If you're really cross at somebody and they are get, going out of your way, but you're still angry, you would give them a shove, wouldn't yeah, you? but it was still at the top of the stairs. Bag or no <laughs> He's bag. He's got form. It's not his fault. He sees, <laughs> he sees red. He sees stairs. He puts two and two together and you end up at the bottom. I did like how they, they did um, mention that, didn't they? Was, yeah. it, um, was it Adam saying, oh yeah, you got form for this and you remember when you pushed Dad down the stairs? He likes, he needs, days. Max needs to be told by a judge, you're only allowed to live in bungalows from this point onwards. Daniel should be the one living in bungalows. So that's what I said. What you said Max. Oh. Daniel, yeah, Max. But I think probably I think Max is Max quite... Max is going to be terrified of stairs from, from this point onwards. Max Him is and Gail go to the tumbling down the scale stairs support group. 
Max is a very irritating person. I don't think this is the first time somebody's going to be tempted to push him down the stairs. So I know. Well, I, I just think loved, living in a bungalow might be. I loved all the reaction on social media where no, people no. like going, "Yeah, you should have should have harder, Daniel." Like, "Yeah, go, Daniel." Whose side do you want, Team Daniel or Team Max? Daniel. Yes, everybody <laughs> wanted to see Max push down the stairs, which is which is you know he shouldn't have been in Daniel's flat, but in in a way, I don't know. Difficult, it's difficult, isn't it? I do not endorse pushing children down the stairs, even ones as nasty as Max. Daniel was 100% in the wrong here, and he deserves everything that he's got coming to him, which at the moment seems to be Nothing. a full-time contract like at Weatherfield High. Yeah, so he, Daniel's shaking, he speaks to the person on the phone, the 999 lady. I love it. Rob Mallard is so good at doing that. I'm terrified, I've done something, I've got the shakes, there's something wrong with me, isn't he? He's really, really good at being nervous. It just reminds me of this, that scene when he was um when he was in his mum's house locking himself in the bathroom and everything he's brilliant um dan david sees uh, max being taken into the ambulance and daniel says i found him raiding the flat then i heard a crash and max fell down the stairs all by himself or somehow yeah the police come around later and daniel keeps up his story saying that he escorted max to the door he closed the door behind him and the next thing he knows he's fallen down the police believe him. Daisy comes over to offer some words of comfort. David and Shona go to the hospital to see Max. He's got a fracture and a concussion, but he's all right, really. I mean, what was in there? Nothing. Meanwhile, <laughs> Daisy is trying to reassure Daniel that uh, Max is a tough kid and it was an accident. And Daniel's like, yes, yeah, accidents. <laughs> David asks Max what he can remember. Um, meanwhile, Lydia comes around the flat while Daisy and Ma- and Daniel are talking. And while um, Daisy's leaving, a detective comes and says, we're here to investigate an alleged assault on Max Turner because he says you pushed him down the stairs. On Wednesday, straight into the episode where Daniel's being interviewed by the police with Adam acting as his lawyer. Um, He's still saying the same thing. I, he was at the top of the stairs. I didn't know what happened. He fell down the stairs all by himself. I was nowhere near him. And then the, the um, police are like, would you give evidence to the CPS if we press charges against Max? And he's like, yeah, I think I would. All coming up, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Back at home. Um, oh, is this the same story? I've, yes, I've put Sarah and her birthday oven in this story because Adam's in it and also it's kind of related but not really. So if it, by this apologies. point in time you're a, you're a bloke who hasn't got the memo that household appliances are not a birthday or Christmas gift because they're a shared household expense, you kind of deserve everything that's you coming that, your way. What did I get you for Christmas? What did you get me for Christmas? You, know, you that, don't even know. That thing, that stick thing that you hook the heat things with. Um, <laughs> curling tongs no what is it <laughs> sous vide machine I got you a sous vide machine for it's Christmas it's very different it. it's very different than if you ask for it <laughs> do you not think yes and anyway this is a this he, Adam has purchased for Sarah's birthday a fancy oven with a HD camera inside it and five burners what now, I presume that they, they also we get to see a new a new set. Oh yes, we did. We have sand. We, yeah, nice navy Adam, blue. Yes, it's all very sophisticated. It's very isn't swanky. It? That's what I imagine a lawyer's flat sounds uh, sounds like. Looks like and a what factory boss. What is Imran boss. doing with his life? <laughs> I, I imagine Toya and um, Imran Knocking going around there, going 
and Toya's like, well, how come? Oh, well, I, I quite like a five burner oven for my birthday, to be yeah, honest. I don't think Toya and, all the veggie and Imran have redecorated since they've moved in. They just kind of inherited what, was it Alia and Ryan were living there it's before? Awful. I don't know. Um, they, it's, all, it's a double oven as well, isn't it? Well, this, the, do they live in Red Bank, Adam and... Um... Cause I, they were supposed the, the layout to be. Of it, yeah, I don't think it's Victoria Court. It might be, but yeah, very nice. So she's mad because she didn't want this, and presumably, as I was saying, this is a brand new flat, so it didn't come with an oven already, <laughs> or it did come with an oven, and they're buying a brand new one. Is it that new? I don't know. I can't well, remember whether they're supposed to, to be. Wow, it looks absolutely beautiful. I can't imagine like. Think back to what that flat looked like and then imagine like a crappy freestanding like white enamel oven <laughs> with those little circular, you know, they spiral. Yeah. Hot. Can you Hops. imagine that in there? No. no. It's either I, nothing or... I didn't think it was too bad a present actually. I mean... Oh, you're stupid. <laughs> but can you understand that buying something that is a shared need, how would you like it if I bought you a washing machine? <laughs> If you could, if you bought me like a self-loading and emptying dishwasher, yeah, maybe. Exactly, that's the point. The reason that's offensive to buy a woman a household appliance, it's because it's like saying, here you go, this is what you like, isn't it? You Thing like is, doing the housework and here's something that makes it easier for you. I don't see Sarah Louise as being that much of a cook. I see both of them as being, you know, eat out at the bistro every night or maybe get a takeaway. I can imagine her being the sort of person who puts a, like a, a ready meal in the oven and then doesn't realise it's going to melt <laughs> through the bars. Maybe maybe, um, maybe Adam just thought that if you buy someone a, an oven with an HD camera and a five hob uh, surf top, then you just somehow automatically, magically become a... Next good chef. Best chef, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Inspire you. If Adam, this is the thing, Adam's going to benefit from having an oven, but he's not going to obviously put any of the work in to cook stuff on it. Mm. So why is that a present for Sarah? It's not. <laughs> Maybe she's just blown it now? Yeah, 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 I get it. I think she's just blown up too many microwaves by putting metal things in there, and he's like, no, you need an oven for us. Yeah. Anyway. David and Max return home. It was the same story, honestly. Max is sticking to his story that he was pushed. And David, um, it's like, hang on, why were you even there? I don't understand. And Max says, I was getting him back for revealing about your rape. And David says, look, it's not Daniel's fault, any of this. Then the police officer comes around and says, I need to speak to you about a criminal damage charge. I don't know why Max would assume that... If this is the thing. If, if Max thought he was going to get away with it, he needs to take the pushing down the stairs on the chin. Yeah. You either cancel it out or you both get in trouble. <laughs> Outside the flower shop with Ken, Adam is trying to pick out some flowers and he makes a joke that uh, Daniel pushed him down the stairs because old habits die hard and Daniel's like... Pushed Ken down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. ha ha, not funny and gets off in a huff. Then Max gets off with a warning and says, and they say, don't, you have to stay away from Daniel wherever possible, which is weird because that should surely mean he gets expelled. (laughs) Yeah. She leaves. Max gets grumpy about Daniel getting away with it. David says, um, you don't want to go down the same route I went down, being in Young Offenders and chopping things up with axes. But he might meet like the next Graham Proctor. I know. Imagine how fun that would be. Mm. David goes and confronts Daniel in the pub, accusing him of lying and being the Weatherfield pusher. <laughs> Daniel stands his ground. And I'm, Lydia... glad you, I'm glad you find my notes amusing as you're mid-reading them. Daniel... It's <laughs> like to entertain ourselves Lydia time. sticks up for him. At work, um, Sarah's moaning about Adam giving her a, an oven 
And Carla says you should give him a break because he's had a hard time because everyone remember that he has been stalked. Yes. Which was a really important storyline that they totally forgot about. He's been stalked, graffitied and, and keyed, hasn't he? And everyone thought it was Lydia, didn't they? But it wasn't. Boundary dispute. It's a boundary dispute. Later on, Daisy comes back to find Daniel in his flat and he gets annoyed at her and says, look, um, you're, you're moaning, you're, you're fake. She says, you're boring. He says, you're vacuous. You're self-obsessed. I, I love that. It he was very clear nerd. where this scene was going to end up, wasn't it? It was a, it was a really cool um, back and forth between them. I just get annoyed that Daniel can't see that. And it really annoys me. Like, he, he was, like, talking to Lydia about blimmin' the origins of feminism and consent workshops. And he can't understand that Daisy, like, from that perspective... And this is going to get very feminist here, so bear with me. Daisy is a victim of the patriarchal obsession with women's looks, and she's capitalising on a very brief window in which she's she is um, applauded for the way that she looks, and she's rewarded in a system that is inherently oppressive towards her sex. And he's like, "Uh, you're just wearing lipstick all the time." <laughs> Ad, like Daniel, you have learned nothing about feminism if you're mad at her because she wears lipstick and does her hair nicely. <laughs> It's I, so it was so problematic. I was getting really cross. It's like you cannot get mad at her for this because she's a victim of the system just as much as anybody else is. You, if you're looking um, you at it from if you're looking at it from that perspective of, through a feminist lens, yes, she is a victim of of the obsession with women's youth and beauty. <laughs> My favourite line from this argument was when she accused him of uh, that when he announces foreplay, he says, "Here comes the prologue." <laughs> That was so good. Oh, I don't, I don't... want to know what happens when the epilogue uh, turns up. Yeah, oh, epilogue. Oh, what's that? Oh, gosh, sorry, it's the index. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> anyway, the pair, of them, the pair of them end this slanging match with a big snogging session. Obviously. And then a slap, and then another snog, and then Lydia walks Who in. Who slaps who? Daniel slaps Daisy with <laughs> Sinead's hand. <laughs> And she goes, <laughs> Anyway, Lydia walks in and um, they both kind she of jump away. Anything, yeah, she? Daisy walks. It's obvious that something's happened, but Lydia doesn't say anything. And But she realises that, that, you know, she's walked in on them. Daniel admits it. Lydia calls him out on being a manipulative widower. Finally, somebody said it. And he, she also says he's the worst... He's the worst lover she's ever had, which means that they probably never did get to the epilogue. And she was... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> she's like, no, God, another cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we get a phone call from... <laughs> it's autocorrected to oral, but I did write all of theirs and all the crawl Oh, all the crawl Yeah, you've written then oral phones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is just too sexy. It's too sexy. Orla. Orla Crawshaw. He Orla gets, Crawshaw. Forms. Daniel gets hauled into school and he's expecting the worst because he did just push somebody down the stairs and he's still on probation, as we all know, on a trial period. I don't know. Don't, well, he don't get me started. All right, I shan't. Um, they, she says, look, I know that you've had a tough time recently because there's all that thing about you sexually harassing Summer and stroking her face and singing songs about her at Christmas carol time and giving her a chocolate bar and not bringing enough for the rest of the class and then getting accused of pushing a kid down the stairs. But 
on the whole, you I made think, Shakespeare fun, and not very many people can do that. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, so we we think you're great, and we want to reinstate you, and we want you to apply for a permanent post after his place after your placement. Um, and we also don't really like Max, so screw him. <laughs> so. Um, David gets mad because Mrs. Crawshaw phones him up and tells him that basically they don't believe Max and they're, promote, they're promoting Daniel to like head teacher because <laughs> Mr. Griffin's boring and never yeah, around. I just realised that he hasn't shown up for work for the past five months. Um, I, I, that <laughs> well, wasn't, he, he who, gets mad. who was in charge of the sound mixing on that scene when Mrs. Crawshaw was, was on the phone? That was so bad. Like, usually when they have a character on the phone... They're not really clear about what they're saying, aren't they? they but this well, they usually the, the it's piped in afterwards yeah. or whatever. But this was clearly coming through the phone, and and David was there, kind of here. holding it in front of his face, like um, it was you know, very so, like he's in the Apprentice or something, and, and looking confused as well. And I didn't know whether it was because he just couldn't hear or he was it was mad about what she was saying. But it was really really bad, and we were straining to hear her. Not but, a good choice. Don't do that again. No. So, um, yeah, he's just cross, isn't he? Daniel yes. gets home and Ken's there and he says, don't worry about it. Everyone gets one kid. Um, yeah, I, I got Aidan Critchley. You got Max Turner. You come out of this with your head held high. I also chuffed to hear um, that they want to employ you full time. And then he says, oh, you're wonderful and kind. You'd never lie about anything. And you're... <sighs> they always do that, don't they? When everyone's they anyone's feeling guilty it. about something, they have to tell they have to have other characters heaping praise on them for being the exact opposite. It's a bit silly. Then, um, Adam finds Lydia stumbling out of the Rovers. And she's completely drunk. And she muck complains that he has poisoned... I thought you said muck complains. Is that what you do to Scottish people? I'd like to make a muck complaint, please. No. Oh, there was a there was a scene where Sarah does an impression Oh my gosh, there Adam. was, wasn't there? She was really good. Tina O'Brien's Adora really, yeah. accent was thrill. And somebody on the Facebook group says they wanted me to do an impression of that, but I really cannot Go give on. it. I really cannot give it justice. I Can can't. you try? <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to say. Say... Oh, oh, I can't believe that you don't like my open idea. <laughs> Perfect. Now, obviously, I'm mocking myself for not being able to do a Scottish accent rather than mocking the Scottish accent itself, hmm. which is lovely. I like I love a Scottish I like, accent. Yeah, I like it's all great. Of them. So, um, yeah, she, she moans. Uh, Lydia complains that Daniel, Adam has ruined her relationship with, with Daniel. Adam goes around to the bistro. Well, first of all, he has to help Lydia back to where she's going because she's completely bladdered and uh, can't consent. So he has to help her out. Mm. So he goes to the bistro for Sarah's birthday tea. She's mad because um, he's late anyway and he still bought her an oven. And he still has... This is what gets me. Where's the replacement? The replacement what? Gift. Well, you know, you, if you needed time. an oven, one or the one way or the other, you got it's some not flowers present. from Tracy, didn't they? No, I want diamonds from her. <laughs> um, he tells her that Lydia and Daniel have split up. She's going, "Oh, happy birthday to me!" and drinking wine. Like, <laughs> anyway, Daisy comes around to see Daniel, and it's all very sexy, sexy. Till he says, "Yeah, I did push Max down the stairs." Then Paul comes home, and Daisy takes that as a cue to leave hastily and that's the end of the story secrets out yep so how did you enjoy this story this week i'm really kind of loving this i thought it was fun i thought it was a lot of fun i just i'm i'm kind of mad that 
their show they've they've already basically ruined Daniel's career. They've either ruined his career or they're gonna make it so he gets away with it. But they surely they can't. It, I I know kind of in, going ha 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 yeah that Max what he deserves everything he's got coming to him. But really come on, that Daniel has proven consistently since sept- since September that he is no way suitable for this job after Why? everything after everything with summer now he's pushed a kid down the stairs <laughs> sorry i have to side with max here and and david daniel should not be a teacher and i think it's a real shame because i think that was a really cool um opportunity to you, you know give it, when, when they said that daniel was going to be a teacher and he was going to be following in ken's footsteps and everything i thought yeah that's great because they have ken and daniel's lives and choices and everything have mirrored each other in some way since um since ron Ballard took over the role and now it's yeah they've, they've kind of squandered it and it's i suppose it's uh, yeah the, the if you're going to have somebody being, you know, being fired from being a teacher, at least give him a few years. And now it just still feels like, oh, let's make him a teacher so we can make him lose his job six months later rather than just taking their time with it, you know? And and if, is this just going to become a little blip in Daniel's career history? I, I don't know. What do you think? Um, Yeah, you're right. In a way, it's kind of put a time limit on how long he can be... But, you know, Safe Justice doesn't work the same way it used to, to anymore, don't you think? Um, it used to be that if you did something wrong, you would get punished for it. But we see more and more on, on Coronation Street, you can kind of get away with stuff. Is Daniel going to be the next Gary Winders in two and a half yeah. years' time? We'll still be saying, when's it going to come out about the fact in that you push Max down the stairs? I kind of prefer it this way because... Sorry, the cat's snoring. <laughs> um... I think that it's too predictable if if people always get punished. And I think that perhaps back in the day, maybe soaps justified their salaciousness by saying that they're the moral backbone of the, of the nation. And, you know, it's a morality tale that, uh, you know, and they say, you know, it's kind of biblical in a way, like everybody gets their just desserts and you, the righteous are rewarded and the the sinners are punished Mm. but i don't think that we really need soaps to fulfill that role anymore and they certainly don't need to justify themselves by doing it i think they do that these days by the issue storylines and working with charities and things like that so do we really need a soap to always have the baddies get punished from a from a narratively satisfying perspective that's what you would hope would happen but if they can resolve the story in a equally satisfying fashion without them necessarily getting punished is it really that important that they do i don't think so do you see what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah. isn't it kind of reductive and uh, predictable that you always get punished for all of your bad deeds mm. I mean, the, the part of the problem with with soaps these days is that they sometimes do like to have characters doing things that maybe they wouldn't normally do just because somebody thought or oh, this would wouldn't this be shocking so yeah, if everybody, I guess, did get punished for everything they did, then you know there'd be nobody left in Cory because they'd all be banged up inside, inside the jail or the, in a police cell somewhere. Like look, look at Craig at the moment. Like I know we haven't done that story yet, but he has quit the force now. But that, but then it turns out later in the week. Oh no, maybe he's just on a little, a little self-imposed break so he can make his decision. Is he going to go back to being a police officer? Because he's about as well suited to be a police officer now, honestly, as Daniel is uh, a teacher. I mean, if anything, Craig's worse because as a, as a, uh, as a member of the police, he's he's in charge of, you know, 
the law. I don't know. You know what not I'm in charge of it. He's not in charge of the law, but he he's even even higher up the responsibility than a teacher, isn't he? He's a well. The thing is, when when Daniel became a teacher, it's not like they make you do an oath. Like I promise to uphold the curriculum and never push a kid down the stairs. Well, <laughs> it's probably in our contract somewhere. Maybe in the small print. I don't know. I assume that. Um, yeah, you're right. That that. They're both equally silly, aren't they? Yes, um, but I, I just, I just think it's a think, shame that, that they've what, that they've sacrificed this potentially interesting career route for Daniel. Possibly, I think your point is more that um, Craig made a series of decisions and then did something in a calculated manner that was definitely a massive breach of trust, and then continued to do that. Mm. Just um, to get his mate off. Yeah, whereas Daniel's like, whoops. <laughs> it was an act of passion. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> basically and you're not going to admit that you pushed a kid down the stairs. I've just got a temper. Is that okay? Can I use that yeah, as a defence? Look, my dad did it. Yeah, it's in, it's in the blood. I can't help it. Sorry, governor. I'm a barley, kind of. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. What, what did you think about Daniel actually revealing... Well, not really revealing, but hinting to Max about David's rave. Do you think that... Um... I felt it was clumsy. I thought that... it. Yeah, I think that they, they needed to... They needed that... They needed that to happen, but the way that it did happen was really clumsy and silly because I don't... Like, Daniel could have easily... Uh, it's not even that Daniel could have easily got out of um, Max's assumption. It's that Max assumed that there was something more to it than the obvious, which is that Daniel had seen um, David several times telling Max, go to this bloody consent workshop. So when Daniel goes, oh yeah, because you're dad, the Mm. obvious assumption would have been, yeah, because my dad's been nagging me about it. Do you think it was normal for um, Daniel to assume that David would have told Max? I just think when I you're an adult, I yeah. think you think everything's common knowledge and you forget mm. that children don't get told I think, stuff. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Because I, I kind of didn't really realise whether or not he would have known or no, not. No, I didn't. I, I often do forget. that there's, there's quite a few secrets like that. I mean, I wonder, yeah. like, how much does Max know about his dad, for example? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That all come I out. just had flashback about. Do you remember when Max found that gun in Callum's uh, oh, in yeah. his wardrobe? Do you think he remembers that? Yeah, he mu- he must know that his dad was a wrong one. But yeah, I bet there's lots of kids that don't realise all the juicy uh, all the juicy well, gossip about what their mums and dads have been up well, to. Well, sometimes in the past. you look, you think back on a memory from your childhood, and you reflect on it a bit more, and you realise that there was something completely different happening in your memory than you ever realised, and it can be quite jarring. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so Daniel and Daisy, Gemma, we saw it coming. Or do I you am reckon? a bit fed up with this. All oh, their chalk and cheese. He's the brains and she's the beauty. I I definitely think that um, I prefer them as a couple than him and Lydia. I thought that was an yeah. interesting, you know, when when, when Daniel and, and Daisy split up and then they had her like, oh, I like reading books too, you know. I thought, oh, okay, maybe maybe they would be suited together because but Lydia no. had only just come into the programme then and they were obviously trying to get her roots into various um, places and her finger into various pies. But um, yeah, it's it's been m- m- mountingly clear over the last few weeks that... Um, that Daisy does have a bit of a thing for Daniel and 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 that yeah I do I think they got chemistry together so when when they went for the snog at the end of that argument I I did do a little cheer inside 
I'd but, love... Okay. But now she knows that he pushed Max down the stairs. So she's now kind of complicit in that. Is she going to keep quiet or, or what? Are you, what do you reckon? Don't know. Maybe she's going she to tell De- um, Jenny, maybe. I, th- I think... Oh, I, I think the fact that they've literally just hooked back up again makes me think that she probably is going to stay with him. I'm not that bothered. Is it, and, it, and is this going to... If we're saying that maybe... Was she involved in Tom's death in some way? Is this going to be and 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 you know so safety of children is very obviously concerning to her and she's had that pediatric first aid course and everything so she probably quite likes kids and finds their safety. Well, this is what I'm thinking. Important. She would say, "How could you do that to a child?" Blah mm. blah 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 blah, and and Danny be like, "He's he's annoying." Mm. I suppose nobody <laughs> knows that they've hooked back up again. So if she does, you know. Um, distance herself from him no one's going to go hang on a minute I just saw you stung in their face off apart from maybe Lydia Lydia might go around saying oh Daniel and, and Daisy are back together and, da- and Daisy will be like no no, we're not you didn't say anything I don't know I don't know um, but yeah I, I think that this is a quite good stuff this week apart from yeah what? Apart, no, just apart from it being a shame that Daniel's teaching career could be in jeopardy before it's even started Although maybe it's better because the the less they have school scenes, the less they'll moan about how um, unrealistic it might be. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's different in secondary schools. I don't know. Maybe they do only have three children per class. Um, should we move on to the next story? Yes. Yes. Gemma, she's nodding her head. Right. So the Nina story there. Nina and Asher. Um, so on Monday, we've got Asher going off to school and Nina is still worried about her. It's been couple of months maybe since we've seen this but um, we had Nina worried about Asher getting run over by a car she had a tracker on her phone and everything because ever since um Seb was attacked and killed she thinks um karma's out to get her and uh, and, and Asher's bound to be next Nina does promise her though that she won't always be like this maybe just to the end of this storyline so um we we find out later that Asha is um looking for a university course in Glasgow, so she can go and find out about how do the people up oh, there speak chicken, Gemma? Oh, what do they sound like? The people in the Glasgow University. <laughs> <laughs> I want a chicken chosney. Oh yeah, that's what they that's what they eat at there apparently, isn't it? Yeah. Asha is going to be doing a course on risk management. I love sounds this. Like the driest, it's the most, most boring, boring course like, ever. I can't like I would. I want to see the interview that she does to get on that course. What is your passion for risk management and where does it Love stem it. from? Oh, I hate a risk. You know what I think? When you come home and you've been burgled, don't leave your bag at the top of the stairs because I've I've looked into this and it's quite risky. Yeah. It it seems... It's just silly though. It's so, so she suddenly developed. It's well. very hyper-specific. It's suddenly come out of nowhere and it seems to just be because... Nina's worried about her safety at the moment and maybe she was flicking through the prospectus once and goes oh Nina's into that yeah that's my new passion risk (laughs) management does anyone have a passion for risk management or do they just just fall into it it because they tripped over a bag (laughs) obviously it's um, to do with the fact that she she needs something that's very specific that you can only do in one university in the whole country and that's why she has to go to Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so then this is this is far away from Nina. So clearly, this will be a problem. It just like oh, just. I mean, we're we're stupid, really, because none neither of us did a vocational degree, did we? Like you did languages, mm. and I did English, which qualifies you for nothing whatsoever, 
in your life. But I just can't imagine at the age of, how old is she, 17 or whatever, mm. going, the rest of my life I want to spend calculating risks. Filling out risk assessment Doing forms. some kind of uh, insurance work. Now, don't get me wrong, they're very important and somebody's got to do it. But... <laughs> Seems it just seems to be a bit out of the blue, maybe. Can't you just go dossing off on a gap here, like old Kate and uh, what's her face? Mm. Thing is, I don't uh, know. Tell you what, no, she wouldn't go dossing around because look what's happened. Mm, yeah, exactly. You fall off a skier and you hurt your wrist. That would never happen to Asher because she would have looked ahead. Yeah, that is very, very true. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's weird. Um, it's not weird. It's I, don't, not I don't know what, what Asher would have been it's into. Like, I don't know whether we weird. know enough about it's her. It's very sensible. And I think Asher is quite boring and sensible. But... Luckily, she's not that boring and sensible that she can't have exciting things happen to her and react in an exciting and interesting way. Yes, that is very, very true. So, she goes to the cafe later, does Asher, and Deb's there, very proud of her for her Glaswegian ambitions, and she says, well, you know what, maybe I won't go after all, because she's had a good thing, and she thinks that, yeah, I don't want to be too far away from lovely Nina. I don't want to be rude to Glasgow, but I I think that if if you've been there or you live there, you know... The, what? the risk management in Glasgow is the most ironic thing ever. Because <laughs> it's like the scariest place. I've never been to Glasgow, I'm saying nothing. Well, I my family at one point was in Glasgow in one of the worst... Like, I won't tell you what estate it is, but it's the, one of the most famously bad estates in the entire city. And people... like you can't You couldn't drive your car down the middle of the road because people threw things out of their flats. And it's not, that's not an exaggeration. That's what it was like. I'm sure there were plenty of so lovely the fact parts that they had a risk. The reason that, that they have this course there is because it's all just outside. Let's go, let's go manage some risks on the streets of Glasgow. <laughs> oh, I don't, I, I'm I, sorry, I'm saying it because I have a very personal experience. You do, you do. You're not just, uh, yeah, you, you've, you've had a horrible time there. But <laughs> I'm sure it's lovely. Anyway. Yeah, social services were involved in this. This is not just me talking out of my bum. No. So, later on, Roy says to Asher, look, is the real reason you're changing your mind about this because of Nina and not because it's really, really far away? And she won't admit it, but it's clearly true. And he says, right, you need to probably talk to her about this. So, Tuesday. Um, we have Deb and Asher, and, and, and Deb's kind of saying, have you, know, you noticed that Nina's been a bit clinging recently? Um, anyway, here's a prospectus for Glasgow University or, or something like that. And um, it turns out anyway that she's going for an open day on Wednesday, isn't she? And uh, and this is when Adam's there giving his full uh, um, endorsement for the city and how it has... what's the what's Chicken the... chasney. Which is? It's a curry which has, seems to have... Mango chutney in it. Okay, sounds grim. But I don't understand why he is promoting this over the very much more beloved and traditional Scottish dish of chicken tikka masala, which was actually invented <laughs> was in, in Glasgow. Yes. Oh, there we go. Um, what was I going to say? We were Glasgow supposed... is a lovely city full of rich culture and history. Mm. But <laughs> I can't, it's it's well, I don't know. I I can't ever don't ever know the difference between the different accents because Glaswegian yeah. and Ed. Um, I was going to say Edwardian, Edinburgh. Edinburghian accents differ yes, and I don't know do. which one's which which one's Adam got I don't know so no, Nina no, is in a good mood later she's she's uh, I don't know she's she's looking nice she's got her new blonde streaks and her hair and everything oh, what yeah. do you, what do you, we've been waiting for this for weeks haven't we because we've seen Molly Gallagher on Twitter back before Christmas going oh what do you think of your new blonde bits so um, yeah Nina I think has it also opens her face up isn't look. it surprising how different 
her her face looks with mm. the, that blonde framing. They're also giving her more and more colour in her outfit, aren't they? There's an awful lot more red in her... Um, uh, what's it? Aprons and stuff, isn't there? So anyway... I was trying to see if there was a clue as to what accent um, out of Glasgow mm. and uh, Edinburgh um, Adam has by looking up Sam Robinson, who plays him, to see where he comes from. And he comes from Dundee. So... Um, Neither. Neither. Oh, well. Who'd have thought there's more than two, Michael? Two accents. Two places in Scotland. So anyway, she's in a good mood. I'm sorry, this is why Scottish people hate us. I think it's justified. (laughs) Um, Asha has got this Glasgow prospectus thing you're poking out of a bag or something, and um, Nina sees this and looks a little bit upset. So Nina can see um, that Asha is looking a bit nervous because she still hasn't told her about this, you know... Uh, possibly moving away to Scotland and Asha says yeah well I want to go to Glasgow um, and I, but I don't want to set things back with you after all the progress that you've been making and Nina says I'm fine with it you go off to Glasgow absolutely cool but clearly she is absolutely not fine with this at all so Asha and Nina go and tell Deb that she is going to go to this thing but Nina's worried when she realises that Asha's going by herself so I think originally she thought that it'd be a nice little family trip up there didn't she yeah but she's gonna she's going alone on a train so um now I don't know why she thought that if Deb accompanied Asha she'd be safer because the last time they were in a car together oh yeah like what happened there exactly uh, Ardy's fault um and, and then Nina starts getting all panicky about this train journey and how risky it's going to be because, you know, Storm Corrie was ravishing... Ravishing? ravishing? Not, that's not the right word. Rampaging. Rampaging through the north of England earlier this week, wasn't it? And parts of Scotland, too. Parts of, well, no, it was mostly focused in Scotland was Storm Corrie. I well, thought it was perfect timing. So this is the time where if, if Corrie was like EastEnders, where, who, where yeah, they yeah. sometimes add in extra bits on the day of transmission, that would have been so good to have just had a little uh, <laughs> wink and a nod and said, have you seen Storm Corrie's going through Scotland at the moment? How could you go up there, uh, Asher? But anyway, yeah, Storm Corrie, we told you about this uh, when they named all the storms last year um so she she's like um nina's like so um can can bad weather affect train tracks and roy just goes off on one about how dangerous storms can be for trains no trains are impervious to the weather (laughs) yeah and um and then he talks about flooding and everything doesn't he so um anyone who's ever tried to catch a train anywhere in this country knows that there's a leaf on the line yeah leaf snow wind Rain, not rain, sunshine, anything is an excuse for the trains to just spontaneously derail and everyone has to go on a bus. Mm. So Roy has to kind of um, rewind a little bit later on and say, actually, trains are the safest mode of transportation, also the most expensive. Yeah, it is. Um, Roy said, yeah, trains are the safest mode of transportation in the country. And I was like, no, it isn't, Roy, it's walking. And then I remembered I've fallen over twice walking (laughs) quite recently. And I would agree, I've never fallen over on a train. So they are safer, (laughs) just anecdotally. Couldn't walk up to Glasgow, though, could you? You could. Just take a long time. Just take a little while, yeah, I think she might be late. (laughs) I think also they're a bit closer to Scotland than we are. Just a tad. Uh, Nina ends the episode googling train crash pictures, just to check that you can actually have them. So Wednesday, Asha's (laughs) properly buzzing about going up to Glasgow, 
Um, but when she goes to the loo, Nina pockets her phone. So I don't know why she didn't take the... Uh, did she go to the loo? Oh, I said she'd gone to the loo. Maybe she didn't. She did go she to was. the loo. Oh, well, why didn't she take her phone with her then? She just Perfect time for a bit of Angry Birds. So she... Um, I don't think anyone plays Angry Birds anymore, Oh, they've released a new version of it. On, Have they? On Are you Arcade. joking? No, I, told, I was playing it last month. Just for a little few days. And I thought oh, it's basically go. the same thing, isn't it? So, yeah, Nina's pinched her phone because it's got her e-ticket on. And there's no other way that you can get to on a train without your phone, apparently. Well, Asha tells her that she's going to go to the station and get them to print her ticket out. And I laughed heartily. Why? Do they not? No one will ever help you at a train station. (laughs) Do anything. Yeah, so she... she, she finds very quickly that Nina's grabbed her phone because she says, oh, can you give it a ring? So Nina kind of removes it from her tabard, doesn't she? And she says, look, you can't go. Something bad's going to happen. So, but Ash is like, no, please, I need my phone back. I've got to go out to Glasgow. with. I'll go without it. And that'll be even worse. You won't be able to track me then. So Nina eventually relents. And then as Asha goes to walk out of the door, Nina barricades her inside the cafe. Um, so she's having a total meltdown at this point. Asha says, look, fine, I won't go if it's that important to you. Just calm down, love. Um, and then there's there's another little kind of camera pan out with Asha comforting Nina in the cafe. Um, but then Roy comes along, starts rattling on the door because um, it's obviously locked up. Nina's locked it. And Nina r- hun- runs away upstairs to hide. Asha lets him in and um, says that Nina's having a bit of a... I don't, I've, again, autocorrect here. Uh, it of a nobble. Oh, he, I think he, she says that she's having a bit of a wobble. So Roy and Asha have a chat and Roy says, look, you, you, you need to make the decision now. Do you think that staying with Nina is a good idea because she's clearly a little bit cuckoo? And Asha says, well, yeah, actually, I love her to death. So they agree that she needs professional help and, um, yeah, she's going to go and see a therapist later. Um and Nina's just worried about losing Asha though, but he says, look, I'm going to get you through right there. So it's all going to be okay. The end. That's where we left it. Um, so so Hope and Nina can be therapy buddies, maybe. Because Hope's going to therapy this week, hasn't she? Well, as well? It, yeah. I, I wonder if they'll t- say anything about, about how... I, the, thi- the thing is, it can be a bit reductive on Coronation Street because... When you decide you want therapy, you magically get therapy and then it works. And I think that they are, they don't really want to explore what it's like trying to get, jump through all the hoops to get your therapy in the first place. And maybe it not necessarily being that helpful because they don't want to put people off because mm. they want you to seek help if you have mental health problems. See, but think... the trouble is, at the moment, the, the NHS services are very swamped and it can be difficult to access access it and it won't necessarily be exactly what you expected or wanted because there are lots of people needing the same thing well look i I think that they should take the opportunity of getting toya involved and i know yeah she's a counselor not a therapist but i bet she could give it a fair crack couldn't she and she's a she's a mate of nina's they've they've chained themselves to the railings together get nina and toya back together i say I just hope whatever they do, they get it sorted quickly because, tell you what, I'm going right off Nina with this. I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound harsh and everything, but I think she just needs to pull herself together. That's she, so not right. She's, she's just, they've just Yasminified her. As in, they had, a, she was the major star last year, wasn't she? She was the, the you know, the, the front page 
cover model. This is Coronation Street's main leading lady for 2021, just like Yasmin had been before. But then they kind of turned her into a bit of a snivelling wreck afterwards. And I've said before, when this storyline first started, I totally get that following the somewhat traumatic experience that Nina has been through last year, that yes, she might end up being like this, but it doesn't make for compelling viewing and the the Nina that I love the strong confident kind of a bit sarky um Nina just is gone at the moment and I don't want I and I worry that they're not going to bring her back because Coronation Street has got a really nasty habit of taking characters who everybody loves and just throwing misery upon misery uh, uh, upon them so that they can say oh look how awesome this actress is at crying but then they kind of don't ever properly go back to how they used to be and, and they cannot afford to, to lose the, the cocky, confident Nina. Well, I'm very surprised that you decided to pick Yasmin as your example because the most glaring one is Carla. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, Carla. And is it in a bit of Emma? a... Can I just say, is it not a bit of a bad precedent that Coronation Street sat here with their female characters and it's all it's all very well and good to explore issues of mental health and to take it seriously and you know that involves giving it a lot of time but let's think about another character who very famously went through a bout of depression Steve McDonald and Steve has not had the same maudlin continual staring out of windows and seeing having hallucinations and all the rest of it is there is there kind of a weird double standard here with mental health and how that it's depicted depending on I what don't sex think you are? So well, think about think about it. Maybe they, think about it. They, they've they've had a few male characters that are going through it as well. well. We had like, we like had, Daniel, for example, Aiden, obviously. Exactly, we had Aiden, and they didn't focus on his struggles deliberately so that we could see that sometimes people appear to be okay but they're not. Right then we had David also struggling. And we had Steve who had his bout of depression. All of Steve and David went completely back to normal, I'd say. Well, yeah, Think about well, Carla de- and what she's like now compared to how she used to be. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I just don't. I don't like it when they do it to any character, male or female. Just I just think it's a bit really, really putting them through the ringer. It it probably is true, but it's not well to a certain extent. It's not what anybody really needs to have on a TV show to say. If you if you ever have a mental breakdown, it's possible you'll never be the same again. Mm. Is that really a positive message, <laughs> or you know, is it possible to overcome? I think it is. I think it is. I I really really do hope Nina does. I mean, she she obviously lost a lot of her character when she when she degothified last year, and she does have that back at least. Is there something also here about how, in a sense, David is being proven right here about how things are different for men, and do we have more patience for watching a woman go through struggles and mental health setbacks? Um, and were they scared to do that with, say, for example, Steve or David? Because they thought we wouldn't have the patience to watch a man struggle the same way that Carla, Yasmin and now Nina have been. I don't know. I think it's I think it's possible. Maybe. I think you can Maybe. make an argument that the evidence here supports that somewhat. Mm. And um, it, it w- I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't like to, to see horrible comments about a man who was going through a similar struggle. But men just as much as women are 
uh, likely to have panic attacks, PTSD and all the rest of it. Yeah, we've seen Gary with his PTSD, haven't we? When he came back from Afghanistan and Quinny. Back to normal now. Yeah, pretty much is, pretty much is. Um, do but you... you're right, yeah, there have been there have been um, other examples of men who have had mental health struggles. That wasn't really my point, though. No, no, I know. It was that... How bounce-backable they are. And also, yeah, how much do we want... How much is... Um, how much does the show want to wring the drama out and the performances? And you certainly can't get as many tears out of a of a male character before people get a, a kind of fed up with it. Yeah, which is this, sexist. This, this, this ties into a little bit what with what David was saying to Max or to or to Shona or whoever it was earlier this week. How difficult it is for him to admit uh, that what happened to him and he doesn't want to be seen as a victim or anything because yeah. that's not manly. Exactly. So yeah. Both both sexes have yeah. different struggles yeah, yeah. with the same issue. Do you think, just changing the subject a little bit, getting back to, to Asha and Nina, do you think that she will end up going to Glasgow? Is she Glasgow bound? Because we have seen characters go off to university very, very rarely, haven't we? Like, um, didn't Andy go to university somewhere and he made a sort of sporadic appearances for, on Coronation Street for a bit before settling back in again then going back off to Spain there just seems to be an awful lot of characters like possibly more than there have ever been on Corrie looking into universities when generally the the rites of passage as a Coronation Street teen is you either flunk or walk out of your exams or or, or something and then you end up working at the local chippy slash factory slash kebab shop I wonder whether any of these people looking into universities are actually going to go because Coronation Street doesn't want to lose this cast of characters, do they? It must be a very difficult bunch of conversations going on because, yeah, you, you, you're going to lose them all at once. Mm. Should we just have them all somehow end up going to Salford University somehow, maybe? Yeah. I think that would be really cute. I can't remember where Amy was looking into. Do you remember? No. I can't remember. I don't know where we're up to with her. But yeah, there's a lot of characters. You know, you've got your summer with your Oxford, your Asher, your Amy now. I think it's really cool. I think it's great that they're showing these characters with um, higher education aspirations when the, the show never really goes into that in the past. But... These are all characters that I really, really don't want to lose. So um, I'm kind of hoping well, that some tragedy befalls them that they can't or they just do rubbish. I don't well, know. Well, it's possible that um, at least one of them could do some kind of distance learning thing because... Well, yeah, that's that's very in at the moment, isn't it? Remote learning. That's yeah, or like open university. How many... I don't know really how it works and I don't imagine it's a first choice for any young person who wants to go to university to do open university, but I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. I just, I can't see losing any of them, but they're all going to have to well, have their individual reasons. Maybe Summer's right. They're all going to, all the universities are going to find out about all the dramas they get up to and yeah. then say, no, thank you. <laughs> Offer no, invoked. what's going to happen is she's going to get kicked out because she's been um, letting people take pictures of up a skirt and Asha's going to try to go to Glasgow, but the whole thing's going to be um, blown away in a storm, just as Nina predicted. Mm. And then I don't know who else is going to university. Amy. Amy. Um, she's just going to do open university. And then Ardy's going to go to Salford University, which is just around the corner. So there you go. As, bada bing, bada boom. I don't think... Uh, Ardy hasn't shown that he well, wants to go to university yet, has he? He's he wanted to do something with a flat, didn't route. he? He wanted to go... Yeah, he wanted to do... St- st- but isn't oh, that... Oh, yeah, he was going to go and do something, wasn't do he? But that was Yeah, he was going to go and do a course, like a business course or something. But that was when he was just trying to stick it to Dev for yeah, not rescuing him from the car. 
That does it's seem to have it. gone by the wayside a little bit. You yeah. pick up one tambourine and suddenly it's all peace and love. <laughs> right, Gemma, let's move on to our lovable Craigie and the comedy mishaps of him, Faye and Emma this week. What have they been getting up to? What unbelievable capers. Oh, gosh, such shenanigans. <laughs> on Monday, uh, <laughs> Emma's like, how can we... How can we express our gratitude to Craig for throwing away his career for our stupidity? We should get him a thank you card. So British. For withholding evidence. They must have one of those on, um, on, uh, thoughtful. <laughs> he can stick it up on his locker at work. Yeah. Faye's <laughs> like, no, you, you lunatic. Craig goes off to work and he's not in the mood for chatting. He's very cross. Yes, because obviously Craig, Faye, last hey, week... Yeah, exactly. She went too far. She, she... Michael's scrolling through the notes because he doesn't know where we are. Faye told uh, Craig last week exactly what happened with Ted. Yeah. And he's having to keep shit Well, that's why, that's why Emma's going to send him a thank you yes. card to establish this. He comes back later and says, nobody's come forward recognising the EFIT. Um, and he then he starts moaning. <laughs> oh, oh, God. All this week... Um, he basically goes into big long speeches about how important it is to be a police officer and how now he can never be a police officer again and I'm hold a his bent head up. Copper. I know it's it's really melon melodramatic. He's, having, he's gonna have Hastings after him, isn't he? <laughs> um Never mind never mind deep faking Boris Johnson into an episode of Line and Duty. They need to have it with Craig, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> he says, I've gone against my oath of policing or something like that. I'm a corrupt officer. I hope I can make up for it for year with years of loyal service you, in the future. Like shut up. Can you do an Inspector Hastings impression, please? No, I can't. <laughs> I don't like Ben. Mother of God and a wee donkey coppers. and Jesus and all of the Wise men. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Sorry, that was bad for me. That was, yeah, well, you're the one that's forcing it on everybody without their consent. <laughs> you need to go on a course. So he, yeah, he's basically hamming it up. He kind of reminds me. He, he just has a pity party, doesn't he? He's like, oh, all it's so week. tragic. All week he just keeps going, like, it's not just a job thing. I don't think you matter. understand. I had to look at a picture of the Queen and now I've lied to her face. <laughs> it reminds me of the thin blue line and how, um, what Inspector was his face. Inspector Fowler. Uh, he took, took it very seriously. Hmm. Um, and, and Craig, I think, probably watched that like it was a documentary. <laughs> Faye says... Um, you know what? You said all this and you think it's all over. Well, it's not because I left my false nail down the sink and I should probably go and get it. And he says, no, you can't get it. And Emma can't get it. You can't return to the scene of the crime. That's the one thing they taught us (laughs) (laughs) at police school. Uh, The only person who could possibly do this is a bent copper. And the only bent copper I know is me. (laughs) So he dresses up. He needs to go and get get in touch with old uh, old Neil from... um... From Bethany's story, yeah, didn't he? He, he, does. A proper, he, he was yeah. a proper bent copper. If he it feels bad about himself, just talk to Neil because he wasn't, was not just a bent copper; he was a paedophile. He was also wasn't he Craig's mentor at the beginning? Well, there you go. It all, t- it all what's it, it all called? stems down to him. Yeah, yeah. He's H. He's the H of this story. <laughs> um, now Craig watches a YouTube video and is now qualified as a plumber. So that you know, if he if he's looking for another career. Yeah, exactly. Put in with a YouTube. I think that YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. I think that um, you bends plumber is a is a noble um, profession for Coronation Street Bloody characters. Everybody needs a plumber. Yeah, they're rolling in it, plumbers. Mm. I don't know whether old uh, Ed and Paul and that lot would be happy with the 
new rival on the block. I also don't think that he's the sort of plumber that could nimbly squeeze himself into tight spaces to access your... Well, he can do better now. Yeah, you bend. He's very tall is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, um, he's all, he's an expert. He's got his uniform. I don't know why he's keeping it at his house. I don't think you're supposed to do he's that. He's got his uniform and all the gear, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's like, I'm a bent copper now. I can keep this where I like. <laughs> Craig arrives at Ted's, he starts looking down the sink, he puts his instruction video on, starts plumbing away. Success! Hooray! He's got the nail. Oh, but no, somebody's at the door. It's the grandson. Hi, I'm Emma's is, friend. Is it John? Is that his name? Am I making this up? Is Don't it grandson know. John? Craig's like, um, I'm doing some official ex- uh, investigations. And the grandson's like, oh, shouldn't you be wearing gloves? And he's like, no, I've got a decontamination spray. He could, he could not have <sighs> looked God. shiftier if he tried, well, could he, Craig? the grandson's a thicko, so it was a, was a battle of wits that nobody won. Could you imagine Craig going undercover for the police? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, shh, come here. I'm a copper, but it's all right. Come here, I'm bent. <laughs> <laughs> Cover an effort murder. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, the grandson's like, you know what? It's loyal and unbent coppers like you that we need to make our society run smoothly. And I'm so grateful for all your hard work that you're doing this is to like, find the person who killed my granddad. This is like Ken and Daniel, isn't it? Exactly. What he was saying. Yes. So um, Craig's like, yes, exactly. Leaves, goes home, tells Faye and Emma what happens. Says, right, now you need to get rid of and clean everything that ties them to Ted and he says we're all in this together now which wasn't that like a Tory slogan one year I don't know um, so they collect together all the stuff including Ted's crutch which Craig's like oh hang on a minute <laughs> you stupid bum I know. Um, it's like we've known for weeks and maybe yeah, Craig wouldn't have noticed yet but by the time he, he did put two and two together with it, 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 like, it felt like well it was done, a, Craig yeah finally with so, a spoon. Here's your participation prize for the police. Then he says they need to clean Tim's car. Um, Dev sees this. You thought that maybe they would have streetcars might clean their cars fairly regularly anyway. It was a month ago. Well, I also don't think that it would be. Surely, it wouldn't be admissible evidence because everybody has access to this car. You wouldn't be able to prove it was one person. Yeah. Who left this evidence? What they need is a good lawyer. They don't need to clean things. They just need Adam. Hmm. Um, yeah, Dev, Dev sees um, Faye and Emma trying to get in the car and makes a massive deal and he weird. and Evelyn watch them. So they go juddering off, don't they? It's like, well, oh, you go for a driving lesson or Faye. Yep. I can't remember what... Does that come back to get them later? I think that later on, Dev, or, Dev and or Evelyn are going to have they're to say, have some... oh, hang on a minute, we saw them driving off in there that one day. They're going to have some stupid reason for bringing it up completely hmm. out of nowhere. So, Faye gets news from the appeal. <laughs> she comes and tells um, Emma, she's like, my, my appeal's been upheld. And Emma's like, oh no, I'm really sorry, you're going to ride prison. She's like, no, I'm, I'm off scot-free. This, the problem is with that, like, another crime I def- by the way that she says it? That another crime good? I definitely committed, me, Faye, I'm getting away with it again. Mm. Maybe she should have stolen some money or something. I know, it's like, no, she should be sent down for whacking Adam over the head. He's so over I know it. that she thought it was somebody else, but still she phones Craig tells him but he's outside the station looking very guilty he walks inside and when he comes back he looks shaken and he says um that he's quit he's the police quit. he's quit yeah 
She because she tells him about the appeal, but he's he's got his mind on other things, hasn't he? I wondered what he was doing. I, I wondered whether when he, we saw him going into the police station, he was going to be um, dobbing Faye in because he realised that that little um, little Jiminy Cricket on his shoulder is is telling him he needs to uphold his police oath. But no, he's quit the force. I can't be a bent copper anymore. No. Do you think that's how he quit? Yeah. They're like, what are you talking about? I want. I do want to know. Like, what's the reason he's given? They, has he, they haven't said that, have they? Don't like, like it. How's he explained it to his superiors? I just want to quit. It's boring. I just do. It's boring. He keep giving me all the crap jobs. Yeah. Faye and Emma on Tuesday are moaning about how Craig has thrown away his career for them. And he comes in um, brandishing his phone with an email from the hospital saying, oh yeah, that is definitely Ted's crutch. And he's like, oh, well, I, all my all my detective instincts are being wasted now because I've broken the law. And I'm a, I'm an outlaw. I'm like a desperado in the desert. I'm like an evil criminal. I'm like Al Capone. <laughs> also, I'm a really great detective because I emailed someone. I'm and like they told Basil me. the Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> I think I don't believe for one minute that any hospital would ever give out information about who owns what crutch. No, and also, it said it was from Weatherfield Hospital, wasn't which it? isn't the hospital that. That it came from, well, no, it's, we were well, told. Roy thought it was Trafford Health Centre or something, it's, didn't it's they? Something... But I don't know what that's... Anyway, that load of nonsense. So, Faye goes to the factory and says, can I get a job, please? You're and always giving jobs to Sarah people who just lost theirs. You've got one here. What, who wants a job now? I'll take anyone on. And Beth perks her, ear, perks her ears up and goes, Why, how come Craig needs a job? And Faye's like, oh, I don't know. Something to do with me. Uh, he's not Ben Copper. <laughs> Beth's not having any of this. She clops into the Rovers, demanding to know from Craig, who is getting drunk there, oh, what's yes, going Craig on. Oh, drunk. How could I forget that amazing um, He's scene. technically not quit. He's on leave until he decides what he wants yeah, to do so with his so. life. And Beth smells a rat and tells Faye that if it's her fault, she'll have a guts for garters, which is no idle threat when somebody works in a knicker factory. <laughs> Craig spends all evening drinking in the pub, um, he doesn't really want to work in the factory and uh, he comes home later and he decides maybe he does want to work at the factory. I can't remember. And Faye and Emma uh, end the episode worrying about Craig and his newly rampant alcoholism. And I guess that now he, Jenny and Audrey can join a drunk club where they just get drunk and uh And Peter talk about can watch in going, just shaking his head at them. Going, you can't do your jigsaw now, superior. can you? Because you can't see what you're doing. <laughs> That, that wasn't the best drunk performance, was it, that I've ever seen on Coronation Street, I think. But, um, oh, well, he gave it a try. Um, any thoughts on this this week? I, I thought that they, they over-egged the pudding with Craig continuously banging on about how he couldn't be a police... Like, he was so melodramatic about it. And he... And are we supposed to be sympathising with him? Are we supposed to be saying, oh, it's so tragic that this... You know, bright young spark of the force, this new prodigy of Weatherfield's police station has lost his job. Sorry, he wasn't that great a police officer, was he? And this well, isn't was... the first time that he's done something like this. So, of course, he deserves to lose his job. The thing is, I think I think that they had established well enough how important being a police officer was to Craig and how much he enjoyed it. Um, I don't think we needed to be reminded in every single scene that he was a bent copper who felt guilty about 
not upholding his oath. Well, we yeah. heard that about ten times this week. Just because he enjoyed it doesn't mean he's any good at it or suitable for it, it either. That's irrelevant to my point. My point is they no, didn't no, need know, to ham it up so you. much. No, they totally hammed it up loads. But no, he's, it's stupid. Um, but anyway, so, uh, so yeah, Weatherfield is now not safe because Craig seemed to be the only... The copper who was on the beat walking down the cobbles, wasn't he? So I think there's well, going to be a rampage of criminality throughout the street now. Well, the thing is about the Weatherfield Police Force is that they either can't solve crimes, they they arrest the wrong person, they racially profile people, they leave their hat in your house and never come back for it. <laughs> so I, don't, I think he fits right in. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe it is more like the Simply Live than you realise. Just a bunch of <laughs> people who don't know what they're doing. That's Craig's theme tune, isn't it? Anyway, so um, have they have they got away with it? That's on Amazon Prime, by the way, everybody, if you want to watch it. It's it brilliant. Um, yeah, have they got away with it, Faye and no. Emma? Surely they can't have done. They can't have done because it's like, and that's the end of that. Yeah, it's all right if you are inadvertently involved in an old man's death. As long as you've got somebody who's uh, on the inside working on the force that can cover up for you, it's all okay. I don't know. I've lost patience with it. Yeah, I mean, there, there hasn't been any further developments between Emma and John, which seems to be, you know, where that's going to go next, isn't it? She's gonna she's gonna meet him in a bar or something, and he's gonna be sweet on her, and it's all gonna kind of come out there. I just can't believe that this story it it it, it kind of feels like it's kind of at an end at the moment, but at the same time also having no end in sight. And I think that maybe um, I think Coronation Street didn't realise that. I think they weren't thinking it was gonna go down this way with the viewers. I don't know what they thought because it, it's not really being lauded is it I can't really take Craig seriously with what he's saying I'm afraid no Um, and I think that they didn't need to be quite so it was like it was like it was like they they were kind of thought it was on a par with Hamlet or something it's Mm. like he fished a plastic nail out of a (laughs) U-bend better than I could do though it's not quite murdering the king or something, is it? Whenever we have jobs like this to do, you always tell me I should just watch a YouTube video about it, don't you? It's harder than it looks. There was a funny scene later on in the week, wasn't there, where Craig happens to walk past somebody and saying, <laughs> oh, there's a good YouTube video on plumbing. I can't remember who was that. I, 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 I cringed a bit. It was a little bit, wasn't it? Okay, so the um, let's let's go on to the smaller stories then. So we've got the Audrey story, um, who's who on Tuesday has to go out to buy some snazzy wrapping paper for Sam's birthday present or something. But she comes back. No, no, no. No, what was she's it? She's co- covering... Oh, she's covering an exercise book. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I forgot. And it was Max's, wasn't it? Or was it Sam's? No, no Max doesn't Sam. need her to cover his exercise books, no. does he? So she comes clanking down the street later with some bottles in a bag and wrapping paper. And then this is basically a little scene reminding us of how Rita and her are still at loggerheads because Audrey backed into her car about six months ago and they forgot that the story existed. But this is, this is a massive long grudge, isn't it? I hate it when characters fall out for stupidly long periods of time. I like it. I think it's realistic. Uh, well, I, I, I think that I think that both of them. I think honestly, I, I think that Audrey and Rita would be, you know, too old for this kind of silliness, and they just say, "Look, should we be friends?" They're both stubborn old Although kids. We, we have seen that Rita's now got a what twenty-five-year-old grudge with uh, with Beth Gilroy. Yeah, exactly. Still going. <laughs> now, I thought they missed a joke here, a very obvious joke with Audrey having her cataract issues, um, that she didn't accidentally pick up a completely inappropriate 
um, wrapping paper. What, one with like naked ladies on or something? Because she came back with like a chest set one, didn't she? Something and like I was that, expecting yeah. it to, yeah, to be some kind of horrible phallic image or something and she didn't realise what it was. She got it from and the adult stationery shop. She's like, oh, found this new, found this new car show. It's called Anne Summers. <laughs> um, anyway, there's nothing really happens. Rita's kind of noticed that she's got a bag full of bottles and then Audrey gets herself um, leathered and, and, and gets into a state trying to wrap up these books. Um, I think everyone was like this at Christmas. I don't think anyone... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, Everyone can... Uh, Audrey starts to worry that people think she's turning into a lush. She's always liked to drink now, hasn't she, Audrey? I guess she just can't hold it as well as she used to be when she was a sprightly 40-year-old. Well, there's there's enjoying a drink and uh, being merry and there's drinking alone and trying to wrap a child's exercise book. But there's also comedy Corrie drunk and she was more into that category this week. She used to be. (laughs) Um, So Wednesday's episode then, Audrey's telling Shona and Gail that she's starting to feel a bit obsolete and useless. Is it no wonder that I'm turning to drink, she says. Um, Now... We find out via Shona that there's some karaoke night or something going on in town later, and because Shona's there, we still haven't seen any of the inside of the cabin scenes, have we? I was kind of—I've been waiting now that Shona's employed in the cabin for us to have her selling some penny chews or whatever. But they're just having a sweeping up the street Norris style. But anyway, Shona tells Rita there's a karaoke night in town, and says you used to used to be a bit of a warbler, didn't you? You should go and have a go at that as well yourself. And Rita. And, used and, to be a warbler. Used to be. And, and maybe why are you there? Why don't you? Why don't you go and? Well, before you go and get your hair cut by Audrey, and um, and maybe you can make up. And it looks at last like Rita is ready to rebuild some bridges here. So she goes round to um to the Platts house. And, is Audrey living there at the moment? I can't remember. Or was she just hanging out handily for storyline purposes? No, she's moved purposes? in so that Gail can look after her. Well, she's got cataracts. Has she? I'd forgotten that. Okay, fine. So Rita goes round to see Audrey to bury the hatchet and um basically just um then what happens or rita finds now audrey finds out that it was shona who engineered this um reconciliation gets mad about it they fall out again and rita stomps off and jonah and shona says i'll screw you then drink yourself stupid for all i care audrey yeah and and that's the end of that yeah um a load of people really seem to enjoy the rita and audrey scenes but i don't think they particularly sparkled Partly because I was just thinking, oh, I don't, I don't like it when they're when they when they're not at each other, and it and and it was a shame that although they had a brief reconciliation, um, they fell out again. Because now I'm thinking, well, it's already been you know six months since we had the last scene in this story. Have we got to wait another six to, for anything next to happen? One thing I did like about this is that all the way through the week, um, Audrey's like, oh, I have to, I have to buy. A- five bottles of wine and drink them now because it's the jubilee oh yeah they did didn't they what's going the on the queen's going to jubilee so i'm gonna happy birthday mum. i'm gonna drink our 70 70 bottles of wine drink for Gemma's, 70 well, years Gemma's pudding. of uh, being so 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 magnificent don't you so, think i i i think a lot of people would have been confused we were a bit confused weren't we because as far as we know the ju- jubilee's in googled, may june time somebody googled it and it is sunday when she when her reign turns 70 years. But the official celebrations, well, they're kind of taking place all year, but the main thing is going to be the four-day um, bank holiday in June. Yeah. So that's when all the celebrations are going to happen. Is that is that, Because when they started talking about the Jubilee, I thought, are they laying the, the foundations for like, oh, is this when Britain's Got Talent Week's going to be this year? Is it going to be Jubilee Massacre? 
But no, they're actually talking about maybe there's going to be some jubilee celebrations on Coronation Street this week, and they're maybe the only street in the country that are marking the occasion. I think that some, yeah, I think they. I yeah. think they got it a bit wrong, but it's nice to have the Queen getting a bit of a shout out. At <laughs> hey, least she's like watching at home, going, "Oh, me! They're talking about me." I went to see them last oh, year. It was such a lovely day out. Do you think they're just bum licking because she visited the set last year? Well, I think that at one point Audrey says something, and Rachel's like, "Oh." She is a, a wonderful woman. Yeah. And you can just tell Barbara Knox is like, I met her. I know, you so. can, can you? <laughs> okay, um, let's move on she then. She knows who I am. Gemma, you, you have um, ended up with a Kelly story, your favourite Kelly, R. Kelly. Do you know what? Or should it be <laughs> Kelly because she's expert French teacher? Um, I love Kelly. I think she is so misunderstood by many people. <laughs> she's an angel. Um, she really can't do anything wrong and I can't remember... A single thing, a single that mistake ever she's ever made. would have ever made hate her, no. She's like an angel. I mean, look mm-hmm. at that blonde hair. <laughs> it's worked. It's what everybody, Corey, the Corey writers have been wanting to make you think for months. Everybody seem, feels like that they've had the Men in Black little memory eraser pen used on it. Like she's been going around using it on everybody. <laughs> this is a woman who stood by while a, a man was kicked to death, okay? I know that she knows French, but, you know, there's quite a lot of evil French people. <laughs> Napoleon. <laughs> um, Nicolas Sarkozy. You know apparently he's been a bit of a naughty boy recently. Did you know Napoleon is buried in Hampshire? No, I did not. He is. Oh, so again, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I... I also thought it was quite funny that... Um, Yasmin, no, Yasmin doesn't know what happened with Hashim, does she? But um, Alia um, and... No, I thought she does. does she, no, she doesn't know that they watched him die. Oh, maybe, I don't know. But basically... It's all right, Curry, you don't need to remind me. You don't need to bring the story back. I'm happy being ignorant about this. Alia and um, Zidane, what they did with Hashim was no, nowhere near as bad as what happened with Seb, Kelly and um, Corey. But they, like, blame themselves way more than Kelly seems to about what happened to him. You just can't let it drop. No, I, and the reason I can't let it drop now, I would have been willing to, had they not turned on, like, this, this like, tap of saintliness and he shoved her underneath it to, to like, cover her in glory. So everybody's like, oh, Kelly, she, she's really turned a corner. It didn't even happen a year ago. Everybody's, like, got a soft brain or something. Was, she was, like, homeless for about two weeks. Come she on, give us some slack. She was homeless for a fortnight. <laughs> she had Nina and Abby have a go at her. People were mean to her because she kicked a man to death. She did not. Oh, she wasn't there. She ran away. She was also <laughs> What's she been up to this week? I can't Emma? let it go. I you tried really clearly. hard. I tried really hard. But I just find this... It's like revisionist history of <laughs> Kelly really obnoxious. And oh, she's not disadvantaged. Her house was enormous. Her dad... The way she talks about her dad, she was not abused by her dad. He's just a criminal. Her mum was Neglect a horrible... is a form of abuse. Her mum was a horrible cow, but loads of people have horrible cow mums and don't go around doing what she did. <laughs> and also, you don't turn from what she was to what she is now. You no. just don't do it in the space of six months. Oh, it really annoys me. I'm, I'm getting that, yeah. On Tuesday, um... <sighs> She's moved in with the wind lasses. You've written the wind lasses. I have Which I think which I think was is what if I was Maria and I had a daughter, mm. me and her would be the wind lasses. And <laughs> Gary and um Leah would be the wind lasses. 
So um, <laughs> she's living with them. Ke- Kelly's moved in with Maria, Liam and Gary. And quite um, understandably, Liam's nose has been put out of joint because he's not the only child anymore. Mm. And later on, um, he's getting grumpy and she kind of wins him over because he's doing French homework. And she's like, do you know what? I was always quite good at French. And I'm thinking, revisionist history again. <laughs> Don't believe you. And so um, she doesn't ask him what French he's got difficulty with. She decides that counting to 10 is what his struggles are. I know. And they start throwing the ball back and forward. Like, un, deux, trois, quatre. Can I stop you there? <laughs> That's not how you say it. It's like... I can't remember how old he's supposed to be now, but he's in secondary school. Every and I thought child, that maybe his French is going a little bit more complicated than counting to ten. middle school, I knew how to count to ten in French. I don't think they ever taught us how to count to ten in French formally, because I think that they assume that you know. <laughs> anyway, they start throwing a ball around, um, and because this is part of this Kelly's... Is, that's a classic language learning technique. A... I have an inflatable chain chomp in my classroom that I use for much the same purpose, actually. Oh, right. So we it's do do innovative. more than counting to ten. But no, throwing a ball around language teaching. Get Duolingo up and put the ball down. So, before Maria left for the day, she said, I'm doing a very important <laughs> project about entering a competition to be the best hairdresser in the north of the country. And awesome. I have written my entire thing out even though i've got a computer right in front of me i've handwritten it in invisible ink <laughs> with a quill and an parchment and i've put it here next to this open bottle of water i shall see you later i think probably that's liam's bottle of water that he's brought home from school well she must be the only person left in the country who's writing with a fountain pen most people <laughs> use a ballpoint pen and now we all know why because they're throwing this ball around they get to decent and then suddenly the water goes everywhere that's French for water, isn't it? Non, l'eau. L'eau dans la papier. Oui, mon travail. Merde. Merde, merde, c'est I've got a degree in French, everyone. Can you tell? C'est très mal. <laughs> très mal pour Maria. <laughs> Maria comes home, she says, Je suis très mal. Je suis <laughs> um, Qu'est-ce que t'as fait, Kelly? No, first of all, first of all. Non, they, c'est toi, c'est Liam. First of all, they know that um, they've done it, so they quickly blot everything. And Maria, Maria comes home and finds it. Um, Kelly takes, no, Liam takes the blame, but I think actually Kelly takes the blame. Oh, they both kind of pass it back and forth like, like, a, a, ball. like a ball, yeah. Um, uh, Liam's fault. Duh. No, it's Kelly's fault. Trois, Liam's fault. Kelly is so. This is the thing. Another, a lot of people were like, "Oh, Kelly's so wonderful. She took the blame because <laughs> she took the blame. She was the responsible adult of the house, throwing a ball around ne- with a water bottle. So it kind of was her fault. No, am I crazy? Yes. She takes the blame, rightfully so, because Liam wasn't throwing a ball to himself, was he? <laughs> she takes the work, goes off. Um, Liam says it was my fault. Kelly comes home. She's done in the entire project and turned it into a, like an interactive portfolio <laughs> with a bunch of photos that Maria clearly had nothing to do with the hair of. So I don't know how she's going to win this competition. <laughs> I kind of wanted to go back and see what the writing was, but I can only imagine it's like, I didn't do this hairstyle, but if I had, I would have done it like this because I think a fringe looks really pretty. <laughs> and what I've done around the edges is a thing called feathering, which is where you make it different shapes and different 
length. Is this kind of like if she doesn't turn into, if she isn't able to be elected as a councillor? Is this a. Do you think that at one plan? point she's going to have to decide whether she wants to be. Um, a local a counselor. Weatherfield counsellor or the best hairdresser in counselor the north. Counsellor or coiffeurs. Mm. So, mm, um, that's too. Maria's like, wow, that's great. But you also shouldn't have thrown a ball or something. And then Kelly goes off to her bed in a half, upset. Then the next day, she's in the cafe with Stu and he says, uh, I know that I know you're worried because you feel like you're going to be homeless if you make any more mistakes. What you should do is buy them chocolates because everybody loves chocolate, and I remember Maria saying that Kenner's was her favourite, so she'd buy a big box of Kenner's chocolate. He reckons it carries a soft centre man, doesn't he? So she walks up behind Maria and Gary, slagging off Sally, but she thinks they're talking about her. Oh, so she goes off crying, and then she, well, then they get back to the flat, and she's cleared out all of her stuff, and she's sitting at the bus stop crying. And then Maria comes and goes, <laughs> I was just bitching about Sally, not you. Everything is back to normal when she comes back home. Hooray. What a nice little escapade they had there. I mean, uh, come on, Kelly. She's... <laughs> she's so melodramatic that she, like, made herself homeless again because she thought somebody was being mean about her. Really? Is this, like... all? It, is this all it takes for people to like somebody? She's they have very to just fragile. Be, yeah, they have to be really fragile and, like, take offence at everything. Because that's all me. Part of Corrie's I must be the most beloved Kelly. character on Coronation Street, if that's a metric by which you measure things. <laughs> Speaking of beloved characters, Gemma, Tim? And just like Kelly, I haven't kicked a man to death. You haven't, you haven't. So, <laughs> Tim gets home from hospital but, on Monday. just like Kelly, I did watch it. You did. But it was on TV, so I was kind of more removed from the situation. <laughs> and you weren't laughing, though. So, no. Tim's back home from hospital on Monday and uh, Elaine's there spoiling him at Rotten. She's just kind of simpering around and being a little pathetic slave, a bit stupid, isn't, she? isn't she? She's at his back and call when he's ringing his little servant bell. She's like a person and cat and Tim's like a cat that's pooed out that toxic, what's going to call it, parasite that infects your brain. And she's like the weird cat lady who's like, what would Tiddles like? Would Tiddles like to lick some gravy off of my They've bowl? They've really done a number on Elaine, haven't they? I'm sure that she was a much better character when she first came into it, but she's just totally wet and simpery now. It's a real shame. Anyway, um, Eileen comes round, which is kind of fun. I like a bit of Eileen and Tim, and, and Eileen takes full advantage of um, Sally doing uh, Tim and her bidding. And um, she kind of fills him in on what he's been missing, like the cab office and stuff. Um, what happens? Oh, no, nothing really happens, does there? They're just kind of a, a, a going after his every beck and call for the episode. And, um, oh yeah, and at the end of the episode, Sally and Tim are having some sexy talk and talking about what they're going to be able to get up to together in the boudoir when they're allowed Nucky in six weeks. Um, it's quite sweet, but also, I don't know. Well, no, because is this the bit where Elaine's like, oh, no, you can't, be, comes in you can't says, be having sex? Yeah. Like, well, excuse me, that was Michael. a really bad burp. Yeah, she says, um, yeah, they, she's, it's just all a bit embarrassing because Tim's mum is dictating his sex life. Yeah, it's, I don't think that anybody would say that. Mm. I and I also don't think that you would have a very loud conversation about what positions you're going to do on the, at the, on the staircase oh, in front fine. of your mother-in-law. very liberal, Sally and Tim. They'd make no shame of it. Um, There's I wanna... nothing to be ashamed of, but also I don't want to hear about it. Thank mm. you very much. I want to know where Steve is during all of this. Because he's not been to see his mate Tim throughout the whole of this ordeal, has he? It's awful. He? He's going through, the, going through his own issues, is he? Right, Hope Gemma... 
On Monday, Tyrone and Evelyn moan about the fact that Hope is causing trouble again. And uh, Tyrone says, well, we've got the therapist. Hopefully they will help. Later on, Tyrone and Fizz are talking to, uh, to Evelyn about this therapist and um, hopes Fizz is very optimistic. Some might say overly or perhaps naive about very Hope's naive. actual situation because she says, oh, she was very empathetic um, about Joseph and that's why she hid him. She wasn't being malicious. She was just being naughty. She's just, naughty. She's just regular naughty. And so... T- Fizz and Tyrone start bickering in the Rovers about it and Tyrone's like, I don't think she therapy's going to help her. I think she's psycho. And Fizz is like, no, it's not that big of a problem. And then um, she tells Fizz, no, Fizz tells Evelyn that she doesn't want Hope to get a diagnosis and be labelled for the rest of her life as having something wrong with her and uh, she doesn't want stigma and stuff. Which is not an uncommon attitude for parents to have and it's I think it's fair if you don't want to get your child labelled as something then don't. I mean, people might know but... Um, yeah, what do you mean if you don't eat? I no, don't. Some, some parents don't like to have their children labelled with things and they have every right not to but I, uh, it doesn't necessarily make for, for interesting drama particularly, I don't know. Um, it, uh, the thing is with Hope is she's not exactly the poster child for like people, like kids who have like, um, oh, what's it called? Where you can't, where you get confused with writing. And... Dyslexia? <laughs> it's like, she's got, it's not like she's got diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> dyslexia. Summer. Yes. It's not like she's got a case of dyslexia or ADHD or something. She's, she's like got pyro, she's pyromaniac. Yeah, she kind of needs a label. She's, she's got something she need, she needs deeply something, wrong with her. She needs her. to have a, a big old um, chain around her neck that says, warning, may set fire to things. Yeah. Otherwise, she's just going to be a menace to society. It's not like, oh, you're just um, getting this poor kid down. She hasn't done anything wrong. She just, she just gets her numbers confused. No, she's she nearly killed people. She caused a miscarriage. <laughs> yeah, well, well... I mean... It, I don't think this is an issues-based storyline, but it is interesting to explore the the idea of you know a, a parent not wanting mm. to burden their child with some kind of label, as you say. But if it helps them to understand themselves and get help for it, then I can't really see the argument against it. Yeah, and the fact that they've got one of them that does want it, one of them the other one doesn't want it is classic. Classic conflict. Uh, yeah. Well, do that. Phil was back in it this week, wasn't he? Yeah, briefly. After a, after a, a, a month or so away, so it's nice to see him. I want. I kind of need that to ramp up again, although it's maybe still a few more months away to be on the move story. Um, and that was it, really. There was there was a little bit between Deb and Bernie this week. I've got in my notes that um, he tries to apologise to her, but she's not having any of it. But um, I think, fortunately, because I didn't really need any of that story, that was all we had to that. And that's it. That was our week of Weatherfield, Gemma. Do you have a score, a character of the week? I think I will give it. I don't know. It's really difficult. It was. I think it was pretty good. I like the. I like the pushing of the stairs down the stairs. I thought that the the Craig story spiralled into. Fast. It was already there. To be fair, it's even worse this week than it had been before. I thought that the stories it was that so mul- clumsy. I thought that the multiple stories that had just a couple of scenes, like the Kelly, the Tim, the Hope, the Devon Bernie, the Audrey, they didn't need quite so many of them. And I think that the the week was weakened by having too much going on like that. 
I, I, I wasn't particularly a fan of the Nina and Asher stuff for reasons I explained earlier. I, I just think they're they're really really risking Nina becoming unlikable. Um, but yeah, the the Max the Max Impact story was was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's I, I don't like what they're doing to Daniel, um, making him out to. He should have just owned up. Although what would have happened, I don't know. The thing is, he didn't. I don't think he meant for him to fall down the stairs. He just shoved him and he wasn't near the top of the stairs, but he didn't know the bag was there. So mm. it was an accident. It was. But, you know, the, is it sensible to push children at well, the top of the stairs? He, no, exactly. No. If he's a teacher and, 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 you know, you shouldn't really be pushing children at any point. And I know, I know that he, he was have been in the off house. the clock and everything. Yeah, I clock out, I push what I want. <laughs> um, I am going to give this week's Coronation Street... Um, Three managed risks out of five because um, I've got a qualification from Glasgow University. Well, that's the only place to get it. I know. I'm going to give this... Um, I'm going to give this three and a half ironed underpants because that's something that Daisy <laughs> had a go at Daniel about. And I thought she was kind of exaggerating, but he kind of admitted that he does iron he his underpants. He is a bit of an under, yeah, underpants what kind, guy, like, but he puts them on coat hangers as well. I, just, I, I think Daniel's got... A, was it a time turner out of uh, Harry Potter or something? Because how has he got enough hours in his day to train as a teacher, have a full-time job, have a child, and iron his underpants? <laughs> yeah, if one of them's got to go, well, maybe Bertie's the one that's gone because Probably. we've not seen hide no hair of him for a little while. I also, I think, maybe Daniel irons his underpants, but he wears one pair every day for a week. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe he's like, it's got to be ironed, you don't understand. <laughs> Um, do if, you I don't have... iron, if I don't iron them by Sunday, they're foul. Not sure Not sure who I want for my character of the week this week, you know. I might um, I might go for Max only because... <gasps> well, because of, of the way he reacted, you know, not smashing up the flat and everything, which was fun, but I think that his, his sensible and mature reaction to David breaking the big news... <laughs> sensible and mature. Well, you know, initially sensible. Yeah. To, to his yeah, face, yeah. I, uh, And, yeah, and I, I thought that... Um, yeah, Patty did quite a good job with that. I, 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 I like a good flat smash up, and I kind of feel a bit sorry for him because he's not being believed, is he? And um, I well, he cried wolf. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, I feel, I feel, feel bad for him that. But it does feel a bit to me like he spent. Think he's making it up. I know, but he spent months terrorizing Daniel and thinking it was his place to kind of teach him a lesson about various things, and then he, in the middle of doing another literal crime. He gets pushed down the stairs, then he turns around like, you can't do that. You're not allowed to retaliate. Like, what did you think was going to happen? You basically tried to ruin this man's career at several <laughs> and several occasions. It didn't work. Then you break into his house and smash his dead wife's um, fossilised hand. <laughs> and then you wonder why you got pushed down the stairs. So Just take one on the chin. Not character of the week for Matt. I'm going to leave it to Daniel. Because <laughs> I thought it was great when he pushed him down the stairs. I thought it was really good. <laughs> It was a fun scene. Okay, yeah. well, that will do for this week's Street Talk. Let's move on over to the next bit of the podcast. Cabin time, time for the news. And we need to talk about Sally Denever, who has got her MBE this week at last. I kind of... I 
forgot that she hadn't collected it already because it was like a year and a bit ago, wasn't it, that she was awarded it? It's a click and collect kind of thing and you could forget that you've got to roll by Buckhouse to yeah, get it. Yeah, it must be, yeah. Well, no, oh, she, was Windsor It was Castle? at Windsor Castle, this. And it wasn't the Queen that she got it from either. So it I was... think that she got let down. Maybe um, after everything that Audrey and Rita said to her about the Queen as well, Sally didn't even get Princess to meet the real one. Princess Anne is no slouch. The Princess Royal, she is the firstborn. Rightfully, she should be Queen. I know, but... If I'm getting an MBE, I want to get it from the real deal, from the Queen, don't you think? Spoiler, you're not. So I'm not getting an MBE. And you, you, if, by the time you get around to it, you certainly ain't getting it off the Queen. No, okay, maybe not. I'll, I'll, I'll just have to get it from George. If you I? don't know that Princess Anne's a badass, then I can't help you. Okay, fine. And anyway, we've already got in trouble about being royalists. No, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, but she, she spoke about Sally and stuff. She said... Um, she hopes that Sally will grow old with fun. And Princess Anne's like, not, I, no, don't, I don't want to know any more about you. I'm just giving you this. Now yes, go. Yes. Next. Um, she also talked about not believing the email when she when she received news that she was going to get an MBA. You shouldn't get it. it through email. I know that doesn't sound right. You should have like a horse-drawn carriage. Yeah, show like up a man should house. turn up with a trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and go. <laughs> I know. By her, by the order of her grand time Majesty, the Queen of the Realm, I will announce that you, Sally, says her dev divnana. Are getting, <laughs> <laughs> getting an MBE, which means you get the key to the empire. Yes. Which means you get the key to every she single palace that, that the Queen owns throughout the That's land. That's probably what they would have done, but it was COVID times when she got it. They couldn't do that. They couldn't blow a trumpet during COVID. Can I come in for some tea, please? Anyway, um, she, she, she says that she's looking forward to seeing what the writers are going to be doing with her in the next 10 years. But she doesn't she look lovely. She looks all very... She had her hair all nice and everything. She'd well, she to, knew she was going out, didn't she? She did. So congratulations, Sally Denever. And talking of her... And congratulations, Princess Anne. Yes, well done. You got to meet Sally Denever. Well, yeah. I, I interviewed Sally Denever a year and a half ago, so I beat you to it, Anne. Speaking of Sally, she was on Dancing on Ice again last weekend where she skated along to the trolley song, which is from Meet Me in St. Louis because it was movie night, Meet movie me in week St. last week. Louis. Louis, Louis, I don't know what it is. It's the <laughs> da, 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 that song. And we, we, she looked all right, didn't she? She looked very, um, what era is that? 50s? <laughs> Olden days. You mean vintage? Vin- she looked proper vintage, did ourselves. I don't think you can say a woman looks vintage or um, old. And she got she got six, seven, six point five, and six point five. So the scores were all over the place a little bit. But it was even though that's actually really decent scores for early on in the competition. She was still joint second from the bottom in the leaderboard. So she managed to make it through the week. But it's a bit sad, really, because it feels like lots of other people are doing an awful lot better than her. And we're not not being able to watch. Well, not watching it. We're not we're not comparing to the competition. But um, it's a shame. But um, she all the comments. I, I I just watched her clip. Um, and and the the comments from the judges and everything. And it was all very positive on the whole. But they were kind of saying that she over relied on her partner too much. And we we just rewatched it again, didn't we? And there was no. an awful what. We didn't watch the whole thing. Well, no, we watched enough of it to see what that... to give, be able to give a good score. Well, no, no, no. We're just saying that there were bits where the partner was um, spinning her around and stuff, or lifting her all over the place, and that's what I think that the judges were saying. Oh yeah, literally, I, don't care. I saw it. She needs to go out and I skate on the ice for a little bit more. I didn't sign up to do a podcast about dancing on ice. All news is relevant news if it's Coronation Street related, Gemma. Well, you do the next one then, because this is quite exciting for Coronation Street fans. 
That's right. The corridors are returning from March the 17th. You just want the Sally to well, be voted out so we don't no, have to I talk don't. about I dancing literally, I, I find it difficult to talk about something without... I, I don't... I'm not... I don't want anyone... I don't... Thing is, if you like Dancing on Ice and you like Dancing with the Stars or whatever it is, enjoy it and have fun. I don't begrudge it at all. Same as I don't care if you play Wordle, but I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't need to... I don't need you don't also... need to see your coloured squares on social media every day. I also don't want the scorn in my voice to come out and bum people out because it really doesn't matter what I think about it. Just Go feel on. like it... I, I don't want to get into fights with people about their perfectly legal evenings in watching reality dancing TV. and stuff okay. it's not illegal yet so have fun <laughs> <laughs> curry tours Gemma. as you were saying i'm sorry well if anybody's gonna um be um have scorn thrown upon them for um how they choose to spend their free time surely it's anyone who goes on a curry tour isn't it what a bunch <laughs> of nerds from the 12th of march you'll be able to go and um for the first time in two years no less dance around the cobbles Oh, yeah, two years, operated by Continuum Attractions. And the the guy in charge is called Steve Masters. And um, what's that? Uh, nomin- He's the nomin- master of Sarah Nominative Rose. determinism yes. or something. What does he have to say, Jeff, Even with all the news? drama unfolding on our screens over the last couple of years, those cobbles... I'm trying to think of a funny accent or something. <laughs> Do it in your Scottish maybe, accent. We love that earlier. Maybe it can be French. Even with all the drama unfolding on our screens over the last couple of years, these cobbles haven't felt, haven't half been quiet, and we have missed. <laughs> this is that we have missed sharing them all with our guests. There's a song about that. I don't know if you know, but it is going to be well worth the wait, and we look forward to welcoming our first guests back on the street next month. Well, au revoir. It's Miss Dave. I see you later. I wonder whether they've reduced the price because when, although we did enjoy our last tour on the Coronation Street cobbles, it was we did moan a little bit about how much it was. Uh, no, we? no, no, Michael. I'm afraid this time we will be charging five hundred pounds each, and at the end of it, you'll get to kiss Sally Devon on the feet. So this is the this is the this is the new tour, isn't it? Well, not the first one. It's the one where you you don't get to go on the inside bit. Ah uh, no all... no, we do not let you on the inside. All right, Steve, that is illegal. Me. We cannot endorse this whatsoever. You just walk down the street and then you get kicked out the other end. So I, I would say maybe don't go yet because oh, there's what a are you talking no about? because look at they're opening up a proper tour later in the year, aren't they? For the last. Again, two years or so, they've been working on a massive expansion to this, and they're going to have a whole indoors bit and 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 all sorts. But it's clearly not ready yet. I would recommend you come twice. Oh, well, that's what Steve Masters would probably say: go now and then come back later, and when it's probably more expensive. But you get to see a lot more. We will be having such fantastic things in the gift shop. Um, but maybe you'll be able to go along there on March the. T- maybe it is. I don't know. I don't think this is the. The newly well, open. I'm not advertising you it as such. You are chatting crap about something you don't understand. I think so. I think I'm but right in saying never that this is not before. the extended version. But if it is, well, maybe one person can go along what? and just what? let us know. I don't understand why we'll you right up there. look. Don't tell people not to go. Well, people can go if they like. If you have never been, it is amazing. Uh, yes, it is. It is. I forget. Yes, it is good to go there if you have never been before. Well, I've been so many times, I don't even think it's that fun anymore. You've been a few times, and it's still very fun. And I really, really hope we can go again later this year. I'm very excited about that. But I want to do it when the new one is opened with all the new bits. Blow your mind. 
all the bits. And also, let's not forget, this is going to be the first time that anyone's been able to see Seb's garden. Oh, yes, that's true, isn't so it? So that will be a new bit that you wouldn't have been able to see before. Yeah, there's else that's and new there's, since there's the last going to be time. the new George's. Uh, oh, yeah, Shuttleworth. Shuttleworth. That's, that's new. very true. The, who could forget the EE shop is now there? Oh, well, I'm going to go and book my ticket straight away. See, I think that... New photo opportunities. It was definitely worth Steve sending me that money to to pimp this out. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't get a cut. <laughs> no, clearly not. Okay, well, anyway, if anyone's going to go and have a look at it, let us know how it goes. Sounds good. And that's it for the news. Should we move on to some feedback? I think we should. Have you Time for some feedback. Let's do some feedback. What feedback have we got? We got a little bit of feedback this week. Not very much feedback, to be fair. So this might be a little bit short, but we are going to start off with our Facebook feedback scores. Last week's Coronation Street was scored 3.21 out of 5, which is not too bad, really. And Judith gave it three trays with... No, th- got this wrong three trays of beans with sausage on his lap for Kirky's 40th instead of a posh dinner at the bistro now is this those beans the sausages that come in the bean can yes clearly because I love those that's Kirky's favourite I can't believe he's 40 he doesn't act 40 does he it's kind of a bit tragic and sad did he even appear for his 40th birthday I don't know but they're still writing him like he's 14 not 40 if they made a movie about Kirk's life he would be played by Adam Sandler. Do you reckon? Yeah. Okay. And they would call it offensive. Oh, that reminds me. This is, and, and Adam uh, Bleeds pointed this out on um, on Twitter earlier today, that this is the five years since Dirk was named. <gasps> he has been, he has, it's, it's his name day today. Oh, it's his name day. Happy name day like in Dirk. Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. Um, Richard gave last week's Coronation Street four mosh pits at Poetry Slams <laughs> out of five. And Bronte was my pick of the week. Oh, and I didn't write her number down. I've just written what she scored it out of. But however many she picked, she gave it eh, questionable drawings of Emma out of five. Thank that you very drawing much to everybody. was my. Well, we didn't God. actually talk about the scandal behind that, did we? Because there was another. I can't version be- no, I can't believe this isn't a scandal. Well, go on then. You say. Well, no, they just they just had a um, they had a preview of Coronation Street preview pictures, and they had a clip or a picture of the e-fit of Emma. And the original version. It was a CG drawing, wasn't it? I think so. I, and I the, the one that we had on the screen was like a sketch drawn on paper. It was a half-finished sketch is what they ended up using on the programme. But I think the original... And if you've seen it, you'll know, obviously... Why they Incredibly inappropriate. And I don't know how it got as far as it did. No, it had but to be previewed only in the magazines before someone somebody said... Somebody going, oh, who the hell's done this? Get in my office. We can't have that. Are you mad? Yeah. So uh, where we people maybe saw the e-fit in the programme last week and went, what's going on with that? That doesn't really look like Emma. That look doesn't really look like anything. Well, it explains, there is a story behind it. It explains why they thought that was okay. Because compared to the original, it was like, it might as well have been a photo. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, let's oh get on to God. our other bits of I feedback this week. It. So this is from this it. is from Nancy, who was glad to see Elaine come back for Tim's operation. She says she was surprised they used Sally for a wee storyline. Um, so, aren't we all? She's she's managed to get past that without fairly unscathed, doesn't she? I can only imagine that Princess Anne had no idea. <laughs> Must have, yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with Gemma that it was hard for a woman to do this in public. 
I love, we all know. I love the exchange between Sally and Elaine, but I wonder who will win the election now that Sally's not running. Look forward to seeing Elaine and Sally at odds with each other next week. Now, I knew the minute Evelyn saw Joseph video game that she'd be the one to find out the secret. I knew Hope wouldn't tell the truth about Joseph, though. Dev needs to think about why he was so willing to believe that Bernie would take part in such a scheme. Bernie is giving back what she took. And also, is Clint ever going to be caught? Um, Nancy also says she loves the Daisy and Jenny scenes. And she likes Leo and Jenny. There we go. We didn't, we didn't see any of them this week, did we? Um, but um, she, Nancy says, I wonder how long they're going to stay together. And wonder how Craig is going to be able to live with sacrificing his career to protect Faye and Emma. This could be part of a bigger storyline about Craig needing to find himself. Is he Is he going to go off... Um, Climbing the mountains. He might go to and, Peru. Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, that's where all the cool people go, isn't it? When they're Emily, having Roy. a d- deep emotional personal crisis. Yeah. Um, Emma should never have listened to Faye regarding the accident. And I wonder, is Imran going to be involved? Imran's clearly going to be involved in this in some way, isn't he? Because he knew about Emma being drunk. It's all... God, this storyline has... It's just sad, really. Looking ahead, there's actually an awful lot more that could and will happen in it they can't just wrap this up really quickly it's really i feel really bad because they obviously thought this was going to be a cracking tale Mm. of adventure for everybody to enjoy together it's just not quite landed has it um Nancy also said that she reckoned that Daniel and Daisy are going to get back together, which did happen. David will end up talking about his own experience. Did happen. And David will make Max go to the consent workshops. Did happen. So, um... Oh, Oh, well, Nancy's um, calling me out. (laughs) Yeah, she says that poetry can be fun, Jabba. And she's written some. She has written some. I've written some poems. Everyone's written poems. Some Corrie Limericks. Do you remember? That's some good ones. Oh, yeah. Um... Um, I can't remember them now. Poetry can be fun. I wrote some really good Corrie Corrie limericks a few years ago. The only use of poetry is song lyrics. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we've just got we've (laughs) only got one more feedback. We need more emails. Send us more emails, please, everybody. We've got this one from Rebecca. Did you say the character of the week is Bernie? Oh no, I didn't say that. And she gave that last week's um, Corrie three inspirational podcasts out of five. Definitely not our podcast. No. Rebecca says, even though Sally Wing in Victoria Gardens is a bit ridiculous, I liked how at first I was, it was a standalone event, but now it's connected to something else. I'm also glad that Sally and Tim have now made up and Elaine has returned, as I was surprised that she came back. I am, however, disappointed that Sally seems to have given up on her political career again, and again, it's Tim's fault. This makes Maria running even more ridiculous now, though I'm still convinced it was Maria who leaked the photo. I'm kind of hoping that the Tim story won't be shown this week because even though I enjoyed it, I'm really happy for it to be put on the side for a bit. I'm in the same as Gemma. I'm really feeling for Bernie. Okay, her motives were still questionable and she should not take all the money, but she knew that when she overheard Gemma and Chesney talking, she knew that she needed to help. Chesney can do one again. I'm surprised Gemma didn't tell him off more being horrible to her mum. I'm also surprised at how much Fizz is siding with Hope, although I think the penny is starting to finally drop. Fizz has been very, very protective and reluctant to admit there's anything wrong with Hope for many years now, hasn't she? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely, uh, she's form. Mm. She's got form for it. Glad Joseph finally spoke up. I would love Jenny jump, bumping into Leo's dad at the hospital. Although it's obvious it's going to be Leo's dad, it's also still funny. I don't mind Leo, but like Michael, I wouldn't mind if they broke up. I don't have anything to say about the Craig story, far from it's stupid. And if Craig is going to not tell anyone, can we please put the story to bed? Also, the Emma EFIT was so bad, I could do a better job drawing an EFIT. I did quite like Ted's grandson, 
and under better circumstances, I wouldn't have minded him and Emma dating, but that's never going to happen now. Finally, Daisy and Daniel looks like they're going to. He's getting back on track, but I was a bit concerned with Lydia with that knife. Hmm. Character of the week is Bernie, and I give it three and a half. Snakes called Nigel out of five. Thank you very much. Um, we have then that is it for another podcast. We do have a new patron this week, so as always, thank you very much, new patron. Emma is our new one this Yay. week. Ta very much. We very much appreciate it. I hope that you enjoyed our lovely bonus Patreon podcast this week about our top five Barlows. If you want to get in yes, on the action, anybody else Barlows. that's listening, just head over to conversation. Um, we did it together, didn't we? We did a we joint are. top five. I was asking the head listeners. on over to patreon.com slash conversation street and you can find all about it. But you don't have to because um, we prattle on enough of I mean, we, we give you like five hours of podcast no. for free every week. No, we need more patrons because we can't afford to go to the, on the curry tour otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, sorry, what, what else should we do? That's right, it is £500. If you would like to email give me us, the money. if you would like to email us, and we didn't have any emails this week. Oh no, Nancy was our only email this week and Rebecca tweets us. If you would like to email us, we're at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Send us a voice com. message. Yeah, we'd send us a, a funny voice accent. message. We haven't done a, had a voice message for a while, it seems. So please do. The last voice messages we had were our um, acceptance speeches for the Conversation yes. Street Awards. I don't know whether that really counts. Um, you, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. We're at Conversation Street there. We're on Spotify and Facebook and YouTube and all kinds of things like that. We re-uploaded our Kate Connor YouTube character profile this week, didn't we? Who is currently swanning about in Bali, enjoying um, the, the 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 funds that she acquired from her di- rich dead dad. So well, it's going to be a while before we see her back again. Yes, exactly. That's is that the end? That is the end. You finish. You, I've, I've finished talking now, Gemma. I'll shut up for the evening, and maybe if you're lucky, I'll go to bed. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's, a, it's not too late tonight, actually, is it? Because we didn't have a Coronation Street to watch tonight. We um were able to start recording a little bit earlier. But um, it's just a matter of time now before we have our 8 to 9 episodes every week. And I mean 8pm to 9pm episodes every week. And yeah. it's going um, to be a late start for Friday podcast now. Hmm. Anyway, that's enough mumbling about that. Moaning. I know grumbling. you said you were going to shut up and then you carried on talking about okay. something well, you say tangentially you say related. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful weekend and we'll see you next week. Oh, the nice music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. How do you do it?